Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Somewhere around $100 a barrel. Oh, Here they are coming Recorded? in at $35 ah. a barrel. Well, that means that a high percentage of the crude oil bonds, uh, junk bonds, are going to prove to be junk. And when they do, this is already, people see the, as people begin to flee, investors begin to flee the, the uh, junk bonds issued by oil production companies, the value of junk bonds is falling. And people are beginning to move out of that particular arena. And if the value of junk bonds falls enough, will this trigger a decline in conventional bonds and the price of conventional bonds? And it might. It won't necessarily happen, but it could. And you wonder. Uh, the oil industry is having a problem, no question about it. But is it sufficient is this enough to trigger one or more dominoes that are large enough to have, when they fall, they're going to trigger more dominoes? Uh, what's going to happen here? And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a few moments. Uh, we'll talk about the implications, and maybe we'll wait until James Corbett gets here, and perhaps we'll ask him about it. Um, in the equities market, Dow Jones was up 224 points to 17,749. NASDAQ is up 76 points to 5,071. New York Stock Exchange is up 157 points to 10,268. And the U.S. dollar index is up to 98 Point eight two as we speak. All right, that includes whatever's gone on in the after in the uh, in the in the overseas markets. Uh, virtually everything was up today, except for crude oil. Crude oil was the only indicator of seventeen that I'm looking at right now that I you know, follow regularly. Uh, Sixteen of the seventeen indicators are up. Crude oil is the only one that was down. Where are we going from here? Let's see what we've got. <clears throat> Let's take a look. Here's an article. Hmm. This is this this is this is the article I was talking about, or the idea I was talking about dealing with junk bonds. This is from the Associated Press two days ago. Fear and loaning. Investors are running from junk bonds. Investors are rushing out of junk bonds, spooked by last week's closure of a mutual fund focused on some of the lowest quality, high, highest yielding bonds. The shutdown comes on top of fears that a spike in bond defaults is coming, and it's led investors to rush to the exits in a corner of the market that generally doesn't handle such things well. Price drops are hitting many investors who are new to the junk, mark, uh, junk bonds and have little experience with the notoriously volatile market. Since the Federal Reserve slashed interest rates to a record low in 2008, 
Investors have been creeping into the ever-riskier options in search of more income. They've been attracted to junk bonds, also known as high yield, because they pay higher interest rates and so on. Well, what they're getting to in this article is that <clears throat> a couple of points, really. First, because the Federal Reserve has instituted the zero interest rate policy, ZERP, and tried to hold interest rates down near zero, it's been difficult for investors to make a buck in 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 a lot of conventional investments they'd previously relied on. They can't make an adequate return that they need perhaps for their retirement or for their quarterly reports or whatever, and therefore they have been tempted because the Federal Reserve maintained interest rates at an artificially low level. Investors went out and began to investigate more riskier forms of investment. They said, I gotta get I gotta have at least five percent on my money. I've got to have seven percent. Where are they gonna get it? Well, these junk bonds were one place. Foreign investments were another one. Uh, and point one is that the Federal Reserve helped to make to push people into junk bonds by holding interest rates at artificially low levels. Second point is a lot of people moved into junk bonds because of the apparent oil shale boom here in the United States. That oil shale boom was supported by junk bonds issued by the corporations that were producing the, uh, the frack, that were fracking oil. Right. Uh, the problem they had, as I pointed out earlier, is they were anticipating their business model, their bond model, their investment models, told them this would work because they're bound to get $100 a barrel. Uh, it turns out they're getting $35 a barrel, which means they can't pay off on their bonds. Big, there's a big downside on these bonds coming out of the, out of the uh, energy, out of the energy cycle. Uh, uh, the energy lost 19%. Bonds, junk bonds of energy companies have lost 19% this year on average. Much worse than the average of 5% for the broad junk bark junk bond market. Um, point. <clears throat> First point. The oil market decline has been precipitated by Saudi Arabia declaring they're going to pump whatever they can. They, you know, devil take the hindmost. They don't care about restricting supplies in order to keep prices up. Saudi Arabia's decision to start overproducing, essentially, and to produce without regard for whatever happened to the price, was, according to some sources, that that was instigated by the government of the United States. They sat down with the Saudis and said, why don't you produce so much crude oil that uh, we can weaken the Russian economy? Right, which depends on the production of crude oil, and they depend on relatively high prices in order to survive and prosper. And according to some reports, our government sat down. And they said they told the Saudis, "Why don't you, why don't you turn the, you know, the the afterburner on and start producing as much crude as you can, and this will cause so much hurt and harm to Russia that we can put them in a hole." 
And the Saudis said, yeah, buddy, let's do it. Well, they got this started, and everybody else sort of joined in on it, and they did, everyone else agreed to compete without reducing market share, and the result has been the price of oil has fallen dramatically. I think it started out in the neighborhood of $120 a barrel when the Saudis started overproducing in the neighborhood of 18 months ago. Uh, they, it was up again, $120 a barrel perhaps, and now it's down to 35 And I'm not sure that the Saudis are in control anymore. They got this going in the same sense that we could stand up on top of a mountain and we get a little get a little ball of snow and said, watch this, I'm going to roll this ball of snow down the side of the mountain. And we roll the ball down the side of the mountain, and the next thing you know, oh my gosh, that ball gets bigger and bigger and triggers an avalanche and it's heading right for where we parked the car or maybe the village where, where, we, uh, where we are living. Um, we can't get that, once that ball started rolling, we may have thought it was just a little snowball. We may have thought that we could pull it back and stop it whenever we wanted. But it begins to appear that the ball is rolling on its own in a way and with a magnitude and a, a momentum that we're no longer in control of. We got it started, but we can't stop it. I think maybe that's what's going on. I don't think anybody can cut the price of crude oil back. Now, let's just roll that around the back of our mind a little bit, that the, uh, the, the idea that the U.S. government... Caused, the Saudi, caused Saudi Arabia to start overproducing crude oil without regard to price in order to damage the Russian economy. Well, I wonder, did the government of the United States, at the time they said, I know, let's, let's, let's throw a snowball down the hill. <laughs> It'll be fun. We'll, we'll, we'll mess with the Russians. We'll, we'll run a snowball. By. Now, now we've got an avalanche going. All right. Did the government anticipate, when they invited Saudis to increase oil production, did the government anticipate that the net result would be a failure, perhaps a widespread failure, but at least a significant failure in junk bonds in the United States market? Did they anticipate that consequence, or is, is this... Yeah, can they sit back at the Federal Reserve or State Department, whoever was in charge of getting uh, uh, Saudi Arabia to increase production of oil, crude oil? Um, did they say, well, we know this will mess with our junk bond market, but we're not worried about it. We think we can control that. Was that it? Or is this one of the unintended, is the fall in our junk market, uh, our junk bond market, is it an unintended consequence and the sort of thing that the somebody said, uh oh, and maybe even pointing and look what you did. I told you you shouldn't roll that, that snowball down the mountain, but no, no, you had to roll the snowball down the mountain, didn't you? And now look what's happened. They've just, the avalanche has just buried our car. We, <laughs> we won't be able to get to our car until spring. <clears throat> well, it's an intriguing idea at least to me. It's one of those things where you sit back and say, is this one of those unintended consequences, you know, that, uh, that people start out with good intentions or perhaps even bad intentions, but they think we got this all under control, and maybe they don't. And we are now in a position where we're left to wonder, 
it really does look as if there's going to be a significant withdrawal from the junk bond market. Well, we can probably survive that. But what if that, res that withdrawal also triggers a withdrawal of conventional bonds? Right? Not high yield, not, not junk, but conventional bonds like U.S. Treasuries. What if people also say, uh-oh, I think I can see the writing on the wall, and that means it's time to start stepping. Got to get out of here while the getting is good. Where's the door? I'm first. Let me out the door first. Well, everybody starts running for the door at the same time. So this is not necessarily the black swan event that everyone's been concerned about for the last several years. And so, oh my gosh, there's going to be a black swan event and it will trigger economic chaos. Well, this isn't necessarily it. But this is an example of what it might be. People do something silly over in Saudi Arabia. And they do it for the, pain, for the purpose of messing with Russia. And he winds up backfiring on the perpetrators where he says, Oh my gosh, this was dumb. Why did I ever do that? You know, again, it's like running in the, car, in the control tower of a, uh, or the, 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 the cockpit of a 747 or 787 and the pilot has expired. You see the movies where the pilot dies for one reason or another and the young hero or heroine uh, has to sit there, doesn't know how to fly a plane, but they, they give her instructions and she lands the plane. Well, what we have right now is people sitting in the cockpit that are saying, hmm, I wonder what would happen if I pushed this button over here. Do you think that would be good or bad? And they go ahead and push it. Well, maybe it's good and maybe it's bad, but the point is if you don't really know what you're doing and you can't really, you're not really in control, and I don't think anyone is right now. I don't think anyone is. I think we are caught in a web that is so complex where things that happen in Saudi Arabia can actually adversely affect what's happening in this country. Things we make happen in Saudi Arabia or the Middle East or OPEC. They can have a adverse effect on the people who actually make them happen in the first place. We are living in interesting times, and one of the lessons of these uh, interesting times is you ought to get into something like gold or silver that may protect you in the event of a serious decline, reset, whatever. We're going to take a break for some commercials. James Corbett should be joining us in about two and a half, three minutes. Please stay tuned. I'm Alfred Addis, and we'll be right back. Aspirin mistake. Aspirin was discovered by mistake during World War II and suppresses your immune system and prevents blood clotting. Don't expose your body to risk when you can use a natural inflammation and pain reliever called Extra Strength Pain Relief by Apothecary Herbs. Discover the power this formula has with salicin 
to enter the system in 60 seconds to work hard and relieve pain for 12 hours. Whether it's arthritis, sports injury, or flu, you can relieve aches, pain, and swelling with our Extra Strength Pain Relief Formula. Call Apothecary Herbs now, toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. I'm Alfred Adask, and this is Financial Survival. Our guest is James Corbett, who is the the author behind the Corbett Report, C-O-R-B-E-T-T, report.com. James is calling from Japan. He's been there since 2004. uh, The Corbett Report is an independent critical analysis of politics, society, history, and economics. He's also an editorial writer for the International Forecaster, weekly electronic newsletter created by the former by the recently deceased Bob Chapman and publishes an almost remarkable number of videos high quality videos commentaries and that's just you know it's easy to sit to talk it's easy to talk James puts videos together fairly prolific that have Good graphics backing up the conversation and analysis. How do you get? How do you manage that, James? Uh, I have a video editor these days who helps me out with that. So mm-hmm. thankfully, that's uh, that definitely helps. But uh, yeah, it's a lot of work. Yeah, I know. I know. It's an incredible amount of work, and I keep seeing you're pumping. You're you're generating. Can you give us an idea of how many videos you you publish on average per week? 
Uh, it really does vary podcast. from week to week. Yeah, but I have uh, usually three or four uh, videos mm-hmm. a week. That's an accomplishment. I mean, that's an accomplishment for essentially what is otherwise a one-man band. I understand you're getting help, so you have a two-man band. But even so, I have, you know, I've said before, I have some appreciation for this, and I know the work that's involved. And you're doing a spectacular job. Well, today, just you wait until uh, the near the end of the month, or next week anyway, there's going to be a very, very big video, a big documentary I've been working on for the past month. So uh, people can, can give us a clue to the topic. Yes, I can. Uh, it's going to talk about the birth of the oil industry and how the uh, how monopolies were consolidated, not only in the oil industry itself, but then how those same oligarchs, as I styled them, uh, have consolidated monopolies in a lot of other fields besides. Do you think those monopolies are going to hold up? I think not only that, I think they're consolidating uh, those monopolies all the time. And not only have they consolidated control over the education system and the medical system and the banking system and geopolitics, really, with the petrodollar, but I think they're – and also the Green Revolution and the Gene Revolution, which were heavily sponsored by the Rockefellers et al. Uh, But I think they're now really trying to monopolize the very foundation of life itself, and I think that's what the, uh, the global warming nonsense is about. Well, it sounds like a big topic, and I assume, you know, if you want to get deeper into that right now, that's fine with me. Uh, either way, I'm happy to, to wait. talk about whatever you want. Well, let's start with the let's start with the Federal Federal Reserve interest rate hike. Um, as everyone knows, Federal Reserve finally did what they've been talking about for the past several years, and they they apparently raised the interest rate hike. But I'm, I've looked at an arc. I haven't read I haven't read the Fed documents. I don't know what they say. Perhaps you have. Have you? Uh, uh, the statement itself? Not yet, no. Okay. Um, I've got an article here from Yahoo Finance, and the headline is the Federal Reserve Interest Rate Hike, Five Key Takeaways. They have five key takeaways, all right? Now, this is a little surprising to me because at least two of these takeaways are confusing and or contradictory, and I want to see if I can get your opinion on it, and maybe you can help clarify that. One, here's the first takeaway. The target the overnight interest rate has been raised and the Fed will aim for quarter of a percent to a half a percent in the federal funds market, which is only traded by banks and the federal GSEs. This move by the Fed gives it flexibility to enact its monetary policy goals where the interest rates are still close to the critical uh, zero bound. Now, I'm reading this, and this is, I'm going to assume that this is an accurate description. I don't know it to be fact because I haven't read the Fed document itself, but it says the target. It doesn't say the interest rate has been raised. It says the target has been raised, all right, for two per- a quarter of a percent to a half a percent. This is the target, and <clears throat> this move gives the Fed flexibility, which is simply, which I'm reading, say, well, they could go to five, half a percent if they want to. But they don't necessarily have to. Yep. And this this surprise this to me is surprise surprise. Here's item number three. It says interest on Federal Reserve, uh, uh, excuse me, interest on reserves was raised was raised from a quarter of a percent to a half a percent. And they go on. Item three says the interest rate on reserves was raised. Item one says the target for overnight interest doesn't necessarily say reserves. 
the target for overnight interest was raised where they could go up to 0.5%. Do we have a conflict? Do we have a contradiction here? Or are we talking about apples and oranges? I think what most people don't understand, because this is often framed as the Fed has set the federal funds rate and people just say, oh, okay, so the Fed sets interest rates. That's not exactly the way this occurs. And it's interesting because usually that doesn't matter because usually the Fed can influence the rate to where it wants to be. And the way that they do this, I mean, the federal funds rate is the rate at which banks are are lending to each other. And it's not that the Fed goes in and mandates or dictates what rate they're going to have to lend to each other. What the Fed does is they buy or sell securities to or from the banks in order to either increase or decrease their reserves, which then motivates them to uh, raise or lower the cost of borrowing money, which affects the funds rate. So that's that's a, as an indirect mechanism, but usually, all things being equal, uh, they can influence the rate upwards or downwards to meet their target. It's a target rate, not a, not a hard rate. But we are now in economic la-la land, as we've talked about a lot on this program, and it's by no means certain that they're going to be able to motivate the banks to raise the rate. And uh, it, it, this is specifically because of the QE madness that's gone on for the last several years has left the banks with $2.5 trillion in excess reserves that are now parked at the Fed. So the Fed's attempts to sell or buy securities into the, uh, to the banks is not going to really change very much. It's, it's pretty much small potatoes compared to the $2.5 trillion in excess reserves that are already there. So it is by no means certain that the Fed will be able to actually get anywhere near their 0.5% target at this point. This... This interest rate increase <laughs> has been sold to the public that they would raise, they, we would have an absolute, it was going from a quarter percent to up a quarter percent to maybe a half percent. Or we, we didn't know where it was going. But it was being sold as this was going to be a fact. And now what we're beginning to see, or at least what I'm beginning to see, is that it appears that, no, it's not a fact. May, did anything really happen today? <laughs> uh, the market's got a signal. And uh, that's that's the first part of it. And then the next part will be the Fed will attempt to do some securities transactions in order to shrink the uh, cash reserves of these banks. But as I say, it's going to be pittance compared to the two and a half trillion dollars that are already parked there. So I don't I I mean, other than the, the kind of signal that they have sent to the markets, I'm not sure anything fundamentally has changed today. Um, it's an important signal, but it's still it's only a signal. And they haven't they haven't gone in and changed a rate or anything. They're just targeting a new rate this reminds me you know they used to have the signal man on the railroads back in the day and they had uh you had a lantern that was green out of one lens and red out of another lens and so on and we're in the position of being the engineer on the train and somebody had is running that they're running the signal all right it's going red green red green up and down in circles back and forth we're getting a signal, but what is it? Yeah. What is the signal? And what is likely to happen? Anything? Are we going likely to see a significant jump? The market went up a couple hundred points after this announcement came out. <laughs> is that a rational reaction? Is it no, not at all. Go... <laughs> that makes no sense whatsoever. But again, nothing makes any sense anymore. No, the, the, I mean, the, the, the response you would expect from the market to a tightening monetary environment, which was what this means, the, the yep. price of borrowing money is going up. It's, it's the tightening the spigot. 
uh, and uh, supposedly trying to rein in some of this uh, QE funny money that's that's gone out in the last several years, uh, the the proper response of the market would be for it to drop because now there isn't so much of this uh, hot money sloshing around, around in the markets, propping, propping things up. So the fact that it would jump on this, I mean, to one extent, it just shows that the markets have already long since priced in this jump. I mean, we all knew it was coming. It's just a question of when. So this was already priced in. And now they're, you know, maybe the, the markets are saying, well, okay, so it doesn't seem like it's going to be as bad as we thought it was or whatever. So who knows? Maybe there was some glee on that. But I wouldn't expect that kind of jump to be anything more than a short-term blip. When we talk about investing right now, when, when when other people are, when institutions are investing, are they really investing in stocks and bonds in the sense of looking at the fundamentals for a U.S. Treasury or the fundamentals for General Motors or IBM? Are they looking at fundamentals, or are what they re, or are they really investing in a, in in a sense in the Federal Reserve's ability to continue to maintain? Uh, market manipulation. Can the Federal Reserve, as long as the Federal Reserve guarantees that the, the market's going up, we got a bull market from 2009 back around 7,000 points to 18,000 in February of this in February of this year. That's going up, 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 and generally up. We had a couple of down spikes, but we've been going up from 7,000 to 18,001, and now we're down. We're, we've kind of turned out. We've gone flat. Have people been investing in stocks or have they been investing in the Federal Reserve's ability to stimulate the economy or at least stimulate the markets and keep it going up and up? Do you catch? Do you understand what I'm saying? Oh, yes, absolutely. And and there is absolutely 100% no room for doubt that it is 100% related to the the, uh, QE madness that's gone on in the last several years. And Mm -hmm. there are a lot of different ways to look at that. But one particular chart that was, uh, I mean, just, you you couldn't look at it without seeing the the relation uh was presented by Mike Maloney at the, S- the Silver Summit uh 2015 he's at goldsilver.com and he uh, had this presentation that's up on YouTube now that's really really worth looking at and one of the the charts that he shows is a comparison of um of base currency to various uh stock market indices and you see uh, be prior to 2008 2009 when the meltdown happened and the QE money started flowing into the markets there was no particular relation between monetary base and uh and 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 the markets themselves but pr- after that they are in absolute lockstep that there's just no 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 question whatsoever that the the inflating uh base uh currency is behind what's going on in the market um, and and that shouldn't really be surprising, especially now that we now that the vast vast majority of the markets are not mom and pop investors. It is institutional investors who are playing with this hot money that's being created right now. So uh, there's just no doubt there's there is a bubble. This is a bubble that has been created by the Federal Reserve, exactly like uh, the, the the Nasdaq bubble was created by Greenspan in the late 90s. Exactly like taking the interest rates down to zero and holding them there for too long created the housing bubble in the mid-2000s. This is the Bernanke bubble that he inflated over the course of his tenure and that Yellen is going to have to deal with when it pops. And I, 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 I mean, even if the Fed is able to get that 0.5% rate that they're targeting, uh, they're going to have to reduce it down very shortly because it is not going to have a good effect on the markets, which are 100% fantasy land at this point. I've seen one report where they said they had to raise interest rates to a half a percent 
just to give them some maneuvering room in case we go into another recession so they could drop it. Yeah. Right. And and then after that, I mean, negative rates are, are a thing now. They're, <clears throat> there's something that people are talking about more and more. Do you think that Janet Yellen's going to push this? Is she going to actually give us negative rates? It, because I've seen at least some reports based on today's increase in the, uh, in the interest rate that suggest that they're going to respect that zero bottom, that, that they're not going to go below zero on the interest rates. They might get near to it, but they're not going to go below it. Do you think negative is still on the, draw, on, on the table? I think it is, and I want to say... I want to say that there was a Fed official that was speaking perhaps out of turn recently talking about negative, the possibility of negative rates. And it, 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 it is certainly a, a sort of distant idea that they're, they're definitely not talking about uh, as a front and center possibility right now. But I, I think it has been floated. Um, hmm. Let me just see. I'm, I'm searching right now. I, uh, yeah. Bernanke says Fed likely to add negative interest rates to recession fighting toolkit. So there you go. The former chairman uh, of the Fed is now saying yeah. that the Fed is likely to do this. Yeah, We're likely to, to add know. it to their. Who do you tools. believe? Who do you believe when you're getting you're getting statements from Bernanke and statements from Fisher and statements from Yellen? Yeah, and yeah. they're not necessarily consistent. Right. Yeah. Who couldn't we count on? And is this just individuals freely sp- speaking? Or is this an orchestrated yeah. event where they're saying, well, it might be under <laughs> and the, no, yeah, might be under the walnut shell on the right, and it might be under the other guys. No, I think it's the left. And somebody else said, no, it's the one in the middle. Right. Yes. No, Are that's a getting... good point that we have all of these different sources speaking out. And I think that is uh, – I, I don't think anyone's surprised that this is how the Fed operates because obviously the chair is seen as the oracle you know, the way that Greenspan was the wizard of the markets or whatever, and every every syllable he uttered was parsed for what, whatever meaning it might have about the way the markets are going. And, and so I, I think the chair uh, at this point understands that. Bernanke understood that. Yellen understand that. So they can only say certain things to direct the markets in certain ways. And then these leaks or people speaking out of turn are, are ways to, to sort of introduce other ideas that the, the, the markets can look at. So you're right. I mean, I think this is not just – I don't think the Fed chair just gets up and says something that the Fed isn't happy or the former Fed chair gets up and says something the Fed wouldn't be happy at least being out there. But I think that's the point. I mean, if the Fed really is not contemplating negative rates, I don't think they would want Bernanke to get up and say something about you know the possibility of adding negative rates. I think this is more – they don't want Yellen to get up there and say this because that would be read in a different way. They just want someone to raise the idea and, and make it sort of uh, a possibility and then to gradually introduce that to the conversation. That's the way I would read something like this. All right, let's take a break for a couple commercials. And James Corbett and I will be back in just a moment. Please stay tuned. Financial Survival. will be a part of our future. The question is, how do we protect ourselves? Are you willing to put your trust in an untested vaccine hoping it kills mutating viruses? 
Remember, in 1976, health officials tried to inoculate Americans with swine flu, and there was a 300% death rate in those inoculated, and millions were paid out in damages. God gave you a sophisticated immune system, and in times of need, you can make it 10 times stronger. So there's no need to panic. Just get prepared. Call Apothecary Herbs to order your upgraded pandemic kit. You will have eight professional strength formulas offering broad-spectrum immune-boosting protection. Take a stand, have a plan, have peace, and request your pandemic kit today. Or take your chances with the bad boys. Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free, 866-229-3663, or online, thepowerherbs.com. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. Hi, folks. I'm Alfred Adask here in Financial Survival. My guest is James Corbett from the Corbett Report, C-O-R-B-E-T-T, report.com. We're talking about the effects, if any, from today's announcement by the Fed that they're raising interest rates. (laughs) Kind of, probably, maybe. Uh, Is great significance, if there is a great significance, is the real significance of the of today's alleged change in the interest rates, does it signal the end of quantitative easing and therefore the beginning of quantitative tightening? Yes, well, the, I mean, technically... It's not happening right now, but is this, when the history books are written, are they going to look back, well, when Yellen did that, that's when we went from quantitative easing, we went to, we went to quantitative tightening. Is that how they're going to do it? And is quantitative easing... Is it finished right now, or is it just in temporary advance? Well, I mean, quantitative easing technically ended last year, right? I mean, theoretically. But, uh, yes, I mean, this is going from an easing environment to a tightening environment. We'll put it that way. And, uh, again, I don't think that this can really last very long. I don't think it will last very long. Uh, Interestingly, uh, the, the statement that Yellen made used the word gradual twice, which, you know, the mar- mar- <coughs> excuse me, the markets are already taking as a huge dovish sig- signal that basically this is a very tentative thing. The, the, the Fed is committed to keeping their balance sheet as big as it is now and yeah. being very accommodative. So this is, I mean, I assume this is why the markets are treating this kindly. Um, but as soon as they actually really do try to start uh, tightening the spigot and, and cleaning up some of the, the excess reserves, I think that you know, it will be 
dealt with very differently. So I don't think this is, I mean, I think, I imagine when the history books are written on this period, this is going to be the Fed's attempt, but I think it's only really just going to hasten the sort of demise of this bubble that we're, we've, we've seen blown over the last several years. I don't think they'll be able to maintain it. What happens when they can't? Will we see quantitative easing again? I mean, there have been some people who have argued they're quantitative QE to infinity. They've argued that over the course of the last couple of years hasn't apparently worked out quite that way, but they thought quantitative easing would never be allowed to, to stop. And yet it has apparently, allegedly, theoretically, it has stopped. Are we going to see it again, or is it gone forever? Uh, I think at some point, yes. If I mean, if and when this bubble starts to blow, uh, they will absolutely use throw everything in the kitchen sink they have at it. But um, at a certain point, it becomes throwing good money after bad, or at least uh, new funny <laughs> money after old funny money. Um, yeah, so I, I mean, I think that at a certain point, there's not there's not really anything you could do. Uh, they only have a, a few tools in their kit, and that's why you know you, you get Bernanke saying, "Let's add the negative rate tool," because again, they don't really have anywhere to go from here. Which, as you say, is is one of the potential reasons behind setting this higher target is just so that they'll have something to cut when when this ultimately doesn't work. You know, you mentioned Bernanke saying something. Maybe he's speaking out of turn. Maybe he's not. But in fact, the Fed has, if I understand correctly, three tools that they can use right now. They can use zero interest rate policy. They can use quantitative easing, which is flooding more money into the, uh, in, in theory, into the economy. And they can use forward guidance, where the Fed drops little hints. And they say, well, I think we're going to raise interest rates, or well, I think we're going to do this, that, or the other. And the markets, in anticipation of what the Fed's going to do in 60 days, or 90 days, or before the end of the year, the markets start factoring this in, and the markets go up, the markets go sideways, they go down, they do whatever the Fed wants. The point I'm getting to is, if there are only three tools, if if that's correct in the first place, and one of them is forward guidance, which relies on the Fed saying things Mm -hmm. that causes the crowd to react in a particular, predictable way, Mm -hmm. then they should be more than the Fed ought to be more than a little aggravated if Bernanke is speaking out of turn. Mm-hmm. All right? yeah. And that's exactly why I don't think that is the case. Yeah, I don't um, think so either. Yeah. I, no, I, I think he... the Fed, the Fed, I mean, is is built on the idea that it has credibility. That is one of the, the biggest parts of this institution is that when the Fed says something, it will happen, which is why, you know, that every time they come out with a, a meeting, the, the comments of the Yellen is, are parsed for every every single word she says, what it might mean. And, oh, she said, she said gradual twice. You know, that means mm-hmm. this or that. So I think, yes, the credibility, quote unquote, is extremely important because it is that forward guidance ability and if they lose that they lose the magic which is basically behind this central bank dominated economy so uh so i think that when you have bernanke or or insiders like that fisher or whoever coming out and saying things i think it's the fed covering bases and potentially introducing new things to the script so that they can be introduced from the sidelines and then adopted eventually by yellen once once the markets have had the time to digest it. I think that's what we're looking at as a phenomenon. I mean, I don't think anyone that at that level is clearly, is, is, is really saying something that they're not in some way authorized to, or at least allowed to. Yeah, I agree with you. I think, uh, I think all of this is orchestrated, but hard to know what I, I, I see the, 
I see there's somebody up there waving the baton, but I can't quite catch the melody. Still wondering what the song is that they're orchestrating. When we say central bankers, what's the difference between central bankers, that that word, that concept, and the concept of central planners? Hmm. I guess uh, I would say central bankers are a subset of central planners. They're okay. that subset, subset that works. Yeah, they're, they're that mm-hmm. subset that works specifically on monetary policy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've got an article here. Uh, gold analyst warns there are about 325 paper ounces for every physical ounce backing it. Uh, this is ultimately traced back to Zero Hedge. It's not Zero Hedge I'm reading from, but uh, um, Zero Hedge reported in September something snapped in COMEX market, and all indicators suggest there was a relentless outflow of re- in registered gold. At the time, there were about 202,000 ounces of gold available for delivery. Uh, this compares to where they had about a million ounces available for delivery earlier in the year. Right? The amount of gold has fallen at COMEX, according to this report, by about 80%. This likely means that someone somewhere is requesting that their paper holdings be converted into deliverable physical gold. Well, <clears throat> this isn't precisely news, but I wanted to get your take on this. What's the significance of having 325 paper ounces of gold in comics for every one ounce of physical gold that's available? And who, if anyone... Is the mystery man or institution who's requesting that their paper holdings be converted into deliverable physical gold? Always a good question, and this seems to come up every year. I've been watching these types of stories for at least, I think, five years now, when uh, certain commentators, who I won't even bother to name, were predicting the imminent crash of Comex because, oh, uh-huh. look at this, there's these, you know, they're, they're trying to convert and there's not enough uh, gold to cover. And, and look at look at the great outflows from the, the storage. They've been saying this year after year after year for several years now, and it hasn't happened yet. And I, I do think the fundamental uh, analysis is right. There is way more paper gold than there is actual physical gold to cover it, and if and when people actually do en masse start cashing out, then clearly that system is going to come to an end. But uh, it hasn't happened yet, and I don't think it's likely to happen in the near term because we are in commodity deflation right now. The precious metals are still, I think, have further to deflate uh, before I think things start to kick off uh, in the other direction. And that will be uh, basically what we have with the, the quantitative easing bubble is not just a stock bubble like it was with the NASDAQ bubble. It's not just a housing bubble like it was in, in mid-2000s. It, it was. It, it is right now. It's a stock bubble and a housing bubble and a bond bubble, and all three of these are set to turn over in the near future. Um, even just going from an, uh, a technical analysis, just looking at, the, for example, the 35-year cycle in bonds, it is time for that bubble that's uh, that's built up to to reverse to unwind. Uh, when you look at the stock market, we're in the seventh year of the bull run. The longest bull run in American market history is nine years. So we are in more than due for a, a, a correction, a pull-down of some sort on that. Uh, the housing bubble has reinflated, amazingly enough, over the last several years. So uh, all of these things are blinking red. And when, when one goes, they are likely to, it's likely to be the domino that sends the others going. And the 
the ultimate effect of that will be to raise gold and silver again. And again, I don't think that's playing out in the near term, like in the next few months, but over the course of the next few years, I think this is what's where it's going. So, um, And when that happens and people start trying to get their physical gold, I think that will only exacerbate the problem because there isn't the gold to cover it. So I don't know about imminence, you know, comics is going to collapse any day now kind of thing. But on the, on the longer term, this is absolutely going to be a, a fundamental uh, well, an overturning of established economic wisdom as it's handed down to us from MSNBC and places like that right now that that basically laugh at those crazy gold investors, those mm-hmm. uh, gold bugs, who, if you look yeah. at the 21st century so far, the, the best investment you could have made, not bonds, not stocks, precious metals. They've done the best. Well, they, in the 325 paper ounces for every physical ounce backing at, at Comics. You don't think that's enough to trigger some sort of a problem right now or right in the immediate future. But do you anticipate that there's any sort of a number? Can we go to 500 paper ounces? Can we go to 1,000 paper ounces for every ounce of gold before? (laughs) 10,000 ounces of paper gold for every one ounce of real gold? How far can we go? Do you have any idea? As long as people are willing to buy paper, you can go as far as you need to. It's mm. only when that mindset fundamentally changes and people don't want paper anymore. And uh, yeah. and not only don't want paper anymore, but start cashing in their old paper for, for gold. Not just buying new and physical gold, but cashing in their, their holdings. Do you have anything, any idea of what's going to trigger that change? Well, as I say, I think it's the, 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 the triple threat of the bond slash stock slash housing bubble collapsing. Right. And I think they're all related. I think they will occur, it, maybe not simultaneously, but one after another. And at that point, I mean, the traditional store of value for thousands of years has been gold and silver and precious metals. And I think that this will be no different. Mm-hmm. I've got an article here on ISIS. U.S. refuses to bomb ISIS targets. Can't get clearance. This is a quote. Can't get clearance even with a clear target in front of us. That's apparently the quote is coming from U.S. Air Force pilots. But the report, hmm, surprising, seemingly shocking, U.S. refuses to bomb ISIS targets. Do you have an explanation for that? Is that is that as shocking as it sounds, or are there good reasons to justify that 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 choice? Well, it should be shocking to anyone who thinks that this is really about ISIS. Uh, Of course, what's happening in Syria, from the American point of view anyway, is not really about ISIS per se. It's about the Syrian government. So I think, again, I've always maintained that their, their primary objective is not to get rid of ISIS. In fact, they were very much complicit with the rise of ISIS. Um, I think that this is, uh, understanding this is a lot easier if we put it into a historical perspective, like, for example, the war in Vietnam, which was lost largely because of the rules of engagement that the uh, the military was operating mm-hmm. under. They were not under rules of engagement that were meant for the, the military to win any yeah. sort of battle. It was, it was specifically put into place to prolong that conflict as long as possible. And I, again, I think we all understand the military... Uh, sorry, the monetary reasons for, for doing that and uh, the real powers behind these types of battles are not the, uh, the political puppets, the front pieces of this. It's uh, more often than not the military-industrial complex that makes the billions or hundreds of billions or, in the, I guess, overall trillions of dollars off of these types of conflicts. So I think that's one of the things that we have to look at. There is historical uh, historical parallel that we can look at here where rules of engagement are used to prolong conflict rather than shorten them and make it a decisive victory. 
That's really cold. It's not surprising, but how many millions, at least hundreds of thousands, how many people have to die while someone else is prolonging a conflict who is not on the ground? He's not there. The guy who's prolonging the conflict, whoever they are, they're not among the potential victims. They're watching this thing from the side like uh, spectators at a chess game. It it is, um, I mean, inhuman is the only way to really characterize it. If we uh, take normal, average human beings with empathy and the ability to to care about other human beings, uh, that, I mean, it's almost unfathomable. Uh, unfortunately for sociopaths and psychopaths who tend to get into positions of power, that's not the way that they view the world. We've got about 60 seconds left, and the last comment would be, for me at least, question, does this constitute an act of genocide? When you're intentionally maintaining a conflict that will get people killed, is this genocide? I... I would say that there is a case to be made of genocide against the Syrian people at this point, Um, given the, the, I mean, decade-long demonstrable involvement of the United States in trying to destabilize the Syrian government and now in helping that conflict and prolonging that conflict and uh, even as the DOD's own internal documents say, helping the rise of uh, the Islamic State. uh, It's, I mean, it's just indisputable right now that they have fostered this conflict that is tearing a nation apart and leading to the, the largest mass migration in European history since World War II anyway, uh, let alone the, the rest of the migration. So it's, uh, it's, it is absolutely tearing apart Syria as a country right now. And, um, I, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to say other than it, I think that's pretty much the definition of genocide. Yeah. All right, James, thanks very much for being on the program. Always a pleasure, always interesting, always fascinating. Look forward to talking to you again next week or in the end for oh, maybe, maybe not, not next doing week this next week no uh next week i guess we won't be doing this because of the christmas holidays in any case have a good have a happy holiday james i'm not sure Thank what you. sort you of too. holidays you celebrate in in japan but merry christmas to you happy holidays uh, i want to thank you for being on the program thank you folks for listening we'll be back Next week, the week after that, one of these weeks, we'll be back here when we get through the holidays. In the meantime, the good Lord bless you, me, Melody, Frank, the producer, and James Corbett. Good night. I work all night, I work all day to pay the bills I have to pay. Ain't it sad? There never seems to be a single penny left for me. That's too bad. In my dreams, I have a plan. If I got me a wealthy man, I wouldn't have to work at all. I'd fool around and have a ball. Money, money, money. Money, money.
American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for one forty. $49.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. AVR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
47 Ford bullet holes and the door broke down motor in the front yard. <laughs> I gotta have a mind to paint a plywood sign and nail it up on a knotty pine tree. Saying I was here first, this is my piece of dirt and your rambling don't rattle me. Good evening, all. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Steffen. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. Uh, It is still Wednesday, December 16th, 2015. And it's about seven and a half minutes after 8 p.m. Pacific time. So if that all works out wherever you're at, we are live. If it works out to be now, wherever you're at, we are live. Put it that way. I don't want to confuse anybody just yet. Anyhow, uh, 800-932-1980. 800-932-1980 is the call-in number. You can use that. You can uh, get on the air. 
be right on the air with me. Talk to the peoples. Or the peeps. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, you can also go and be one of the peeps in the uh, chat room. It's located at our website, theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. You'll see the chat link. And you just click it. It's easy. You can do it. Really, you can. I know you can. So anyhow, there you go. And uh, Yahoo Instant Messenger. My screen name is AVRN Talk. All right, there you go. Um, there you go. All right. Why don't I just start where I left off in the afternoon? Where I left off was at number 24 of 33. There are 33 things about Sandy Hoax that just don't add up. I mean, folks, this is really, really extensive. And this isn't all. There isn't only 33. There's only 33 here. All right? This is... This is, it's mind-boggling how much evidence there actually is that this was a hoax. That this was a setup. That everybody there was an actor. It's, it's baffling that there is so much evidence and so little coverage. But hey, you know, that happened a long time ago and, uh, well, you know, it was longer than 15 minutes ago. So, nobody remembers that. Okay, the last one that I, I read was 23. Why were the entire school grounds of what we were told was Sandy Hook Elementary School demolished and rebuilt? Does this remind you of how the metal scraps from 9-11 were immediately shipped off to China before they could be examined for evidence? Why did Newton Town Clerk Debbie Aurelia, Aurelia and Connecticut State Attorney Kevin Kane refused to release the death certificates and the names of the victims. Why did Connecticut officials conspire to pass an unprecedented bill banning FOIA requests and access to death certificates and other information, normally part of the public record as a matter of course for centuries? Connecticut Governor Daniel Malloy signed the bill on June 5th, 2013. So what now? Death certificates in Connecticut are, what, not public records? Really? Why were there so many black and silver cars around the school and firehouse in place before the event? According to Sophia Smallstorm, why were the exact number, 26, of the Christmas trees for the memorial already sitting outside the firehouse before the event occurred? Why do so many of the victim's family members appear to be acting, smirking, giggling, snickering, and outright laughing after the event? such as Robbie Parker. Why? <laughs> hey, yeah, 26 dead kids. Laugh it up, Chuckles. Yeah. Why? These are the bereaved parents. Really? How does one explain the 
highly strange behavior of coroner Wayne Carver. We already talked about him, you know, in one of the ones before, you know, this. Why did Carver say that you can control a situation depending on your photographer? And I have very good photographers. Why did Carver say that? I hope the people of Newton don't have it crash on their heads later. Huh? Why did Lieutenant Paul Vance threaten to prosecute as a crime anyone who reported information that contradicted the official narrative? Boy, this sounds like the uh, Holocaust laws in Germany, doesn't it? Is Connecticut really Nazi Germany? Because uh, Germany is. You realize, right, that, you know, I don't really care what you think about it or, or which where you fall down on it, you know. But even if, now, in Germany, if you speak out loud, if you write it down, if you, you know, disseminate it in any way that there were not six million Jews killed by the Nazis, let's say you say, no, you know what, there was two and a half million Let's say you're not one of the people that say hey, nobody died, World War II never happened, it was all just a big illusion, and, uh, you know, onward. Let's just say you say, no, there were not six million Jews killed, there were two and a half million. Or, like the accepted number from, say, 1968, 600,000. Now look, is... Is there any one of you out there that doesn't think 600,000 dead people is not a holocaust? Because you got to rethink that, man. 600,000 people is a holocaust. But, hey, in Germany, if you utter those words and somebody hears you and reports you and can prove that you said it, you're going to jail. You're going to prison in Germany. They call you a Holocaust denier, even though you're not really denying the Holocaust. You're just saying, look, man, it wasn't six million. And even, get this, in Germany, even if you could prove through evidence and documentation and even, say, you had witnesses that are still alive from then, even if you wield all that in the court, and prove beyond any doubt that you were right, you'd still go to prison. You know why? Because in Germany, in that law, they say the truth is not a defense. You just cannot deny any part of the narrative. Apparently, Lieutenant Paul Vance has the same idea, threatening to prosecute as a crime anyone who reported information that contradicted the official narrative? Why did the Connecticut governor, Daniel Malloy, say that, quote, The lieutenant governor and I have been spoken to in an attempt that we might be prepared for something like this playing itself out in our state. Really? Spoken to by who? Didn't anybody bother to ask? I mean, if I was a reporter at the scene where he said something like that, it'd be like, uh, 
spoken to by who? Well, that's there's no answer there. Why did no one sue the school or the estate of Nancy Lanza? I know the answer to that. Because if you did, they got rules of evidence. See, <laughs> you'd have to you'd have to let evidence in. And they don't want to go there. How is it that no parent wanted to see the dead bodies of their children in the school? Just photographs. Why were all the funerals conducted with closed caskets? Well, the conclusion of this, Sandy Hook smells rotten. And just as 9-11 was a template and a justification for further for future transgressions against liberty so too was sandy hoax i mean hook to become the template for the false flag hoax let us always remember what happened and continue to investigate it so that future false flag events and false flag hoax events can be quickly spotted and I think to a great degree that has happened because people are saying, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, whoa, 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 I just went through my little file of pictures here, and guess what? The same victims from Boston and Sandy Hoax, and oh my gosh, they were in Paris too. These are some unlucky people. Hmm? Everywhere they go, there's, you know... Terrorist attacks. Well, now, here's Trump, something that Trump's doing, and I'm glad, you know, because, look, he knows. Bush is nowhere to be found in the polls, all right? Nobody likes him. We're done with Bushes. We're done with Clintons. We're done with this crap. I mean, everybody knows they're criminal families, you know? This is like electing the mob to run the country. And everybody knows it. Jeb Bush doesn't even... Uh, he doesn't even seem real enthusiastic about running for president. But Trump knows who the pick of the establishment is. And it's Bush, whether anybody wants him or not. So, Trump is mentioned something about Bush and and it's good that he does because people need to remember you know we've had eight years of Obama's criminal activity going on and everybody's focused on that and everything else right and hey just let's not forget this is how we got Barack Hussein Obama as president because of a Bush because everybody was just at the point where it's like good golly just get that moron out of there. He's an embarrassment. He's a joke. You know, we're not barbecuing here. You're running the country, man. And and this guy is, uh, you know, he he he's an embarrassment. Anybody, just anybody, find the, the most different thing that to him we can find. Let's do it. And here we have Obama. This is what happens, see. And it could happen again. If we don't remember. 
You know, everybody's so sick of Obama. It's like, oh, my gosh, yeah, let's go back to the good old days. Let's get another Bush in there. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Right? Well, Trump points out Jeb's brother flew Saudis out of the country after 9-11. And I, I kind of understand why Trump's bringing this up, because Trump was in New York, okay? Trump is out of New York. I mean, that's his, that's his home there. Despite the corporate media insisting that... This is a conspiracy theory. We have definite proof of Jeb's brother gave preferential treatment to the Saudis, including Saudis who were considered principal witnesses to the September 11 attacks. The review of how the FBI dealt with and reported on the travel of the Florida-based Saudis and their subsequent departure from the United States with other Saudis shows that the FBI failed to interview principal witnesses, relied on erroneous second-hand information, misinterpreted the orders under which the FAA managed to the closure and subsequent reopening of U.S. airspace after the 911 attacks, misreported the means of travel, and even got Prince Sultan's identity wrong. In 2005, the AFP reported that newly released U.S. government records show that Federal Bureau of Investigation agents gave personal airport escorts to two prominent Saudi families who fled the U.S. while several other Saudis were allowed to leave the country without first being interviewed. Remarkably, the flight was one of several that Saudi Arabian citizens took in the immediate aftermath of September 11, 2001, when the rest of the country was prohibited from flying. Two dozen members of Osama bin Laden's family also hurriedly departed the country, but the Saudi ambassador to Washington insisted the flights occurred when air travel was reopened. New reports, however, counter this. Even though American airspace had been shut down, the Bush administration allowed a jet to fly around the U.S. picking up family members from 10 cities, including Los Angeles, Washington, D.C., Boston, and Houston. Sky News reported following revelations by former White House counterterrorism chief Richard Clark. We were in the midst of the worst terrorist act in history, and here we were seeing an evacuation of the Bin Ladens? I wanted to go to the highest levels in Washington. Tom uh, Kinton, director of aviation at Boston's Logan Airport, said, Trump was spot on with his accusation Tuesday night. Bush may take umbrage, but it is difficult to dispute history. Yeah. You know, little Jeb there can be upset, but him and his brother conspired. There's something about Coca-Cola. Leaked emails prove Coca-Cola was paying for propaganda promoting sugary drinks. Now, I want you to listen, but I also want you to understand that while this particular article is about Coca-Cola, do not think that Coca-Cola is the only corporation who does this, all right? Don't, (laughs) because you'd be wrong. uh, Let's see, Rona Applebaum, a senior executive at Coca-Cola, had been arranging arranging to give donations amounting to $1.5 million to charities 
that published propaganda telling people that sugary drinks have nothing to do with their weight problem, their diabetes, or any of the other multiple health issues associated with obesity. Rona Applebaum likely didn't count on the trial. Uh, So clearly proving that Coca-Cola is contributing to America's obesity epidemic, being unveiled through her personal emails. Now she is taking immediate retirement. Wait a minute. Why do why do people like this get to retire? Why don't they uh, yeah, well enjoy your retirement in the federal prison. You know, in August of last year, the New York Times reported that Coca-Cola had financial ties to the research group Global Energy Balance Network, which is made up of university researchers. The company provided the group with $1.5 million in research funding, $1 million of which went to the University of Colorado, where the group president, James O. Hill, is a professor. Now, what have I been telling you about all this research most of it's done at the universities. Uncle Slam has taken over the universe, any research universities. It's all government research, and it's all research that better turn out the way the government wants it, or you're going to be defunded. Further investigations found that the beverage company helped pick the group's leaders draft its mission statement, and even design its website. The research group argues that Americans are too fixated on calories and diet and should be more concerned about exercise, shifting focus away from Coca-Cola's contribution to the nation's ill health. The emails reveal that Sense About Science, run by Simon Singhi, that looks like an Indian name, and I mean from India, had been given donations of 20,000 pounds. GEBN promotes the idea that lack of exercise, not sugary drinks and colas, is the primary cause of obesity. Sense About Science published a report discounting one study showing that sugary drinks, such as those sold by Coca-Cola, are responsible for a whopping 184,000 deaths annually. Sense About Science also corrected a journalist who is linking the beverage Coke to cancer. Though the, through the University of Colorado, though the University of Colorado has returned the $1 million after receiving criticism, Applebaum's name continues to be tarnished. Many believe she helped to orchestrate the propaganda, even Harvard has published studies showing that consuming sugary drinks like Coca-Cola sodas are bad for your health and contributed over the $190 billion this country spends annually in fighting obesity-related conditions. Companies like Coca-Cola also spend as much as $3.2 billion marketing these health-destroying drinks. That means advertising, folks. They spend $3.2 billion in advertising. The Harvard report says a typical 20-ounce soda contains 15 to 18 teaspoons of sugar. Woo! Wow! 20-ounce soda? Holy smokes, man. You know, I I think my coffee cup's about 20... My coffee mug is about 20 ounces, and I put, you know, two teaspoons of sugar in it, and I thought, well, I mean, geez, you know, I really ought to cut down a... Wow! 
15, 18 teaspoons of sugar and upwards of 240 calories. A 64-ounce fountain Coca-Cola drink could have up to 700 calories. People who drink this liquid candy do not feel as full as if they had eaten the same calories from solid food and do not compensate by eating less. So there you have it, folks. You know, more propaganda uh, disguised as science. Right? Oh, man. I Okay, look. I'm almost at the break. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I'm going to let this go until after the break because... Uh, you're, I, I, I don't know if you're going to believe this. This is a real story, honestly. It, it's a really story. It, it's from the Daily Telegraph, okay? It's a real story that you are going to have, at least I think you're going to have difficulty believing it is a real story. But I, I want to tell you now and keep, keep saying that in your mind. It's going to be a real story. It's going to be a real story because it really is, and you're not going to believe it. We will get to that when we come back. We'll play Stump the Room, and uh, good luck. I'll see you in a few. also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere 
with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Ancient prophetic texts warn us that in the last days there will be wars and rumors of war, famines, pestilence, earthquakes in many places, and troublesome times, men fainting from fear from what is coming upon the earth. Even though these words were penned almost 2,000 years ago, we can readily see that this dire warning is applicable in the days in which we are living in now. Days of Chaos, a new book by L.A. Marzulli, exposes what is happening in the Middle East, the Fukushima disaster, the mysterious animal and fish die-off, the rise of the 8.0 and greater earthquake, the coming one world government, the collapse of the U.S. dollar, UFO activity, and so much more. Days of Chaos has the information you need in these troublesome times. Don't be afraid of these events. Come to an understanding of why they are happening as they were prophesied long ago. These are the days of chaos. Go to www.lamarzuli.net. www.lamarzuli.net. These are the days of chaos. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
Report. I'm your host, Francis Steffen. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It's Wednesday, December 16th, 2015, and uh, it's about 8.37 and a half out here on the Pacific Time Coast. If that's when it is where you're at, we are, in fact, live. Being live, you can call in 800-932-1980. 800-932-1980. You can also uh, go to the chat room at our website, theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. And you can contact me directly through Yahoo Instant Messenger. My screen name is AVRN Talk. <clears throat> well, let's see. We had some guesses. Some were good, some were pretty far off, but they were all wrong. The first band was the Pirates. Okay? And uh, that was formerly known until he quit the band as, uh, oh, somebody kid, Johnny Kidd and the Pirates. And then the second song was Somebody Came Real Close with The Clash, but it's wrong. It was the Cramps, which I played them before. Uh, very similar to the Clash, though. They're 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 at least cousins, okay. But hey, that means it's five to two now because hey, we came in the night three to two. Now it's five to two. Anywho. Oh, uh, let's see. Uh, 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 Okay, where did I... Oh, yes, that's right. I was going to tell you a story. Nope, not about a man named Jeb, but an unbelievable, an unbelievable story. All right, okay, I'll just get to it. <clears throat> now, now, listen... Ensan Abdulazizi. And if that name comes up again, it's just going to be Abdul, all right? That's what I'm going to call him. A married 
46-year-old rich Saudi property developer. Now, do you see the little bit of a, I don't know, theme with the Bushes and Saudi Arabia? Yeah, yeah. well, anyway, these are the kind of people that are in Saudi Arabia that rule Saudi Arabia, should I say. Says he invited an 18-year-old woman to sleep on his couch. (laughs) And here it comes, folks. I I hope you're sitting down. And later, tripped and fell on her as she lay asleep, accidentally penetrating her you-know-where with you-know-what. Guess what? The jury... In the Southwark Crown Court, they believed him. Yeah. I didn't rape her. I uh, I tripped and fell. And, uh, you know, these things happen. Really? I, I, I mean, really? These things happen? They do? I've never seen anything like that happen. I've never even heard of anything like that happening. In possibly unrelated news, the Tory government has dismantled legal aid, depriving poor people of access to adequate counsel, while the increasingly wealthy, increasingly tiny elites of the UK, many of whom made their fortunes by buying and selling property, turning a human necessity into an asset class, can hire the best lawyers money can buy. The Daily Telegraph reports that Mr. Davies told the court on this occasion he said after he had sex with the complainant's friend, his you-know-what was still erect and he had you-know-what on his hands when he went into the living room. He said in a second interview she pushed his hands down onto her you-know-where uh, he said that he did fall onto her and his you-know-what may have penetrated her you-know-what. In his evidence, Abdul demonstrated how the complainant had put her hand behind his head to pull him towards her, causing him to fall down. I'm fragile, he said. I fell down, but nothing ever happened between me and this girl. Nothing ever happened. During the trial, Judge Martin Griffiths permitted the rare step of allowing 20 minutes of Abdul's evidence to be heard in private. So there you go, folks. If you're ever accused of rape, just tell them, hey, I tripped and fell, and, uh, you know, that's all that happened. There's nothing more. And there is a precedent in England, so, you know, you got to let me go, Right? I tripped and fell. Really? And a jury bought that? All right. So, you know, we should have a contest, I think, of, uh, you know, find some even more stupid people than Americans. And I think we might have a winner in England. Because anybody who believes a story like that is an idiot. Well, okay, which is lower, a moron or an idiot? Whichever one is the the stupider one, that's the one they are. 
Oh, jeez. Oh, God. Uh, here's something. What America thinks. The government after your guns? Oh, you, what? Nah. All right, let's see what America thinks, though. Because there's some, you know, polls here. Despite the pressure for more gun control from President Hussein Obama and others, gun sales set a single-day record on the Friday after Thanksgiving. It seems Americans are more interested in exercising their gun rights than giving them up. But what does America really think about guns? You know what? I think they just said what Americans really think about guns. Gun sales set a single-day record on Friday after Thanksgiving. Yeah, you know, what? gee, what do Americans think about guns? They think they're great Christmas gifts. That's what they think. It doesn't matter what Americans think. It matters. It doesn't matter what you think. It matters what you do. Okay? Oh, I could say all day long, I hate guns, I hate guns, I hate guns. And then you see me at the store buying a gun going, hey, I thought you hated guns. Well, I hate you having guns. Oh, 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 you hate me having guns, I see. Americans are more supportive than they have been in the past of their constitutional right to bear arms. They remain closely divided over the need for more gun control, but still tend to oppose it. Per- no, no, we're not tightly... You see, they, they make this up. We are not, you know, tightly divided. Unless you count the government and the media... As part of the American people, well then, yeah. Because the average American people out there don't want any more gun control. Look, if you think, if you're one of these liberal pansies that don't have a gun and never have bought a gun and don't know anything about it, but you think gun laws are too lax, why don't you go buy a gun? Go see how lax it is. No, really. Go see how lax it is. Go buy a gun. See if they don't do a background check on you. Oh, you know what? You better not have any unresolved tickets from, say, oh, I don't know, 1979. I had a gun purchase held up for 22 days. Because of a so-called disorderly conduct from 1979 from a beach party on the Jersey coast, on the Jersey, you know, uh, shore, they call it. Because we used to go there in the summertime, you know, and party. And yeah, you know, there was a brawl and uh, and all that. And, I, I, you know, it happened. But, I mean, that was 1979. And it was a disorderly conduct because back in the day. Do you know why it was held up for 22 days? Because, you see, disorderly conduct might have included domestic violence. Mine didn't. But back in the day, disorderly conduct is one of the things they, you know, they'd show up, the neighbors call, you know, uh, let's just say uh, a wife and a husband having a big knockdown, drag-out fight out in the lawn, and the neighbors call the cops, and cops show up, and by then... Hey, mom and dad are all calmed down because they see the blue lights coming and they go, oh, shoot, you know, 
I might not like you, but I like them even less, so let's calm it down and, uh, you know, get through this. And the cops show up, oh, no, everything's fine, everything's fine, we've resolved it, it's good, well, you know, I'm out here, you pissed me off, and so I'm charging you with disorderly conduct. You see, now they go back, and if they say, well, this involved some sort of domestic violence, you don't get your gun. Now, I think that's challengeable, seeing as how in 1979 there was no such law. Domestic violence. There wasn't a law. Okay? So to go back... 40 years and say, well, uh, you know, you committed domestic violence in 1979. Oh, no, I didn't. Domestic violence did not exist in 1979. See, because back in 1979, if you assaulted someone, it was assault. It didn't matter who it was. You know, we lived in a country where all the laws apply to all the people equally. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter if I'm married to you. Doesn't matter if you're a kid. Doesn't matter if you're the neighbor. Doesn't matter if you're some stranger down the street. If you're found guilty of assault, it's assault. Doesn't matter who it was. Now, well... You can assault that guy down the street and still have a gun, but if you assault somebody in your house, well, then no, you can't. Ridiculous. But anyway, go buy a gun. Go try to buy a gun. If you think the laws are too lax, go buy a gun. Especially you liberals out there that got some bad things on your criminal record. Go buy a gun. See if you can buy one. See how you do on the background check. Because I know for a fact they go all the way back. They, it <laughs> took them 22 days because, well, those records weren't digitized, see? They were in a box in the basement. Yeah, they had to go find it. Anyway, let's see. Just 38% think more gun control will keep guns out of the hands of people who shouldn't have them. 51% think it will just make it harder for law-abiding citizens to buy a gun. Sizable majorities have said for years that the government needs to enforce the gun laws already on the books. Instead, a big problem for supporters of more gun control is that only 26% of Americans trust the government to fairly enforce gun control laws. A couple years ago, 44% of voters told Rasmussen reports that the government is likely to try to confiscate all privately owned guns over the next generation or so. With that in mind, voters are closely divided over whether the Fed should maintain a database with the names and addresses of all gun owners in the country. They're evenly divided on that question now. Just 21% think it would be good for America if only government officials such as the police and military were allowed to have guns. Yeah, 21%. So we have a deficient, moronic population of 21% in this country. That's what that means. After all, 65% of Americans think the purpose of the Second Amendment is to make sure that people are able to protect themselves from tyranny. Wow! You know, I'm kind of shocked at that, because that's pretty good, man. I mean, you know, 65 is still a failing grade. Well, Well, wait a minute, back in the old days, not anymore. Now I think that's the B. But, you know, still, 
65% of Americans recognize that the Second Amendment is make sure people are able to protect themselves from tyranny? Peace, that ain't bad, man. I would think that would be about, you know, 20%. Because all you ever hear in the news is, well, you don't need that gun to go hunting. You don't need that gun to go hunting. You know, who needs a machine gun to go hunting? Well, who who gets to buy a machine gun? I mean, we can have machine guns here in Oregon. Of course, you got to buy the uh, the ATF tax stamp. You know, <laughs> you know, it's just like, uh, okay, look, you can't have machine guns. Well, you can if you give us money. But other than that, they're too darn dangerous just to have a machine gun. But all of a sudden, if you give the federal government 200 bucks, well, now they're okay. They're not dangerous anymore. Because, hey, you've proven yourself to be a good guy by giving us money. Because, hey, if you weren't a good guy, you wouldn't have given us money, right? <laughs> okay. Obama's vendetta with gunmakers gets personal. Smith & Wesson shares plunge after call for SEC investigation. Last Friday, in the aftermath of the most recent mass hoax shooting in San Bernardino and the latest attempt by Obama to impose further gun control measures uh, by executive order, uh, Even the New York Times begrudgingly admitted in an article on what drives gun sales that has been primary that has been the primary driver of gun sales in the US, President Barack Obama. Well, hey, you know, it doesn't take a, a rocket scientist to figure that out. I mean, everybody on ABR has been saying that for I don't know, since Obama first opened his mouth about gun control, I think his first thing was uh you know, you basically bunch of morons out there clinging to your Bible and your guns. Mm-hmm. You remember that, right? The irony to all this, of course, was just last Friday, the stock price of Smith & Wesson hit an all-time high on expectation, on expectation gun sales are about to hit even greater all-time highs in the coming weeks. Alas, as it turns out, Obama's not a fan of efficient marketing irony, and instead of letting the chips on gun control fall where they may, especially if it means record stock prices for the shareholders of Smith & Wesson and RGR and the president, in pulling a page straight out of the U.S. government versus Exxon, in which the company will soon be prosecuted over its global warming denials, as reported previously, has decided to take his vendetta with U.S. gunmakers to the next level, as the New York Times reported overnight. The New York City public advocate on Monday asked federal regulators to investigate whether the gun manufacturer, Smith & Wesson, had made adequate disclosures in its financial statements. One would think that being in compliance with all existing SEC regulatory requirements would be sufficient. But when one is on Obama's blacklist, there are additional requirements for adequate disclosure one must follow, especially the ones that one does not know about because they only appear after the fact. In an eight-page letter, the public advocate, Latila James, 
said the Securities and Exchange Commission should examine whether Smith & Wesson misrepresented or omitted information about how often its products are involved in crimes and what it has done to keep its guns out of the hands of criminals. What do you mean, what, it, what it's done? A gun manufacturer makes guns. Okay? We make guns. Guns shoot projectiles. They can be dangerous. Hello? Oh, so the government sets up a big thing. You can't buy one unless you go to a federal licensee. Wait a minute. It's not Smith & Wesson. You see, once the government steps in and says, well, we're going to make sure the bad people don't get these guns. Well, now, maybe the SEC ought to look at the government. In the letter, public advocate James says that with the increase in mass shootings, public concern about the proliferation of firearms has animated a national dialogue about gun control measures, interstate gun trafficking, and whether gun manufacturers take additional steps to ensure that their products do not end up in the hands of criminals, the letter says. Smith & Wesson knows that it is at risk of grave retribution. Reputational harm. Wow. It probably, you know, and, and she lies here with the increase in mass shootings. Public concern about proliferation of firearms has animated a national. No, it hasn't. What animated a national dialogue about gun control measures is Obama. It probably also did not know that the U.S. government is capable of extortion when it comes uh, when it does not get its way. It will be quite aware of that now. Ms. Jane's punchline, shareholders would want to know whether Smith & Wesson faced heightened regulatory scrutiny or significant litigation risk. They would, especially now that the administration of the world's biggest democracy is taking a negotiating tactic page right out of Stalinist Russia. To be sure, this is merely the latest escalation in Obama's witch hunt against gunmakers, of which Lieta James has tasked herself with being the mouthpiece for the administration's relentless attempt to crush the the U.S. gun industry. Ms. James is opening a new avenue... In her fight against gun sellers and makers earlier this month, she called on TD Bank, a big lender, to stop financing Smith & Wesson. This summer, she convinced the New York City Employee Retirement System, the city's largest pension fund, to explore divesting itself of its holdings of gun retailers like Walmart and Dick's Sporting Goods. Wow. You know, what a dirtbag. I mean, really, what a dirtbag. But you know what? I really can't blame him. And he, you know, he really ought to be afraid. He really ought to be afraid. Because, you know, one day he's going to leave office. And he's not going to have the level of protection that he has now. Oh, sure, he's going to have some secret service around him. So what? Maybe you should be worried. Anyway. 
I see that I am out of time. So, out of time means I got to go, and I will. And uh, we got good stuff coming up. I'll see you tomorrow. And, uh, oh, yeah, 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 wait a minute. It's Wednesday. So, uh, yeah, classic Frank report coming up from, uh, I think, 2004. Yeah, 2004. Anyway, we'll see you tomorrow. ID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR 2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR 2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Grandma used to say, Johnny, eat your greens. She knew something about health that we've mostly forgotten. Most of us get little or no greens daily. Four Spectrum Chlorella gives five times the chlorophyll of any plant on earth for cleansing inside out and 50 times more lutein than spinach for healthy eyes. All eight essential amino acids, over 60% high-grade protein, and numerous vitamins and minerals. The cracked cell wall absorbs toxins, even heavy metals, and flushes them out of your system. Four Spectrum Clean Green Superfood is a whole food concentrate with no negative side effects. 100% plant source dehydrated chlorella Pressed into tablets, using no binders, fillers, excipients, colorings, or other additives. One month supply, $35. Two months, only $60 postpaid. Read more at 4spectrum.us. That's number 4spectrum.us. Call 903-714-7767. That's 903-714-7767. Order today. The fruits are grown in chaos, distrust, and economic depression. A weary populace can seek peace only from the solutions they offer. They have worked until suicide has become so common that it generally calls forth no legitimate investigation. They have used the courts, the judges, the medical profession, and even the Constitution to further their ends. America now has over one million of its citizens in prison for political crimes. So who are they? And how long have they been at this? Psychopolitical Warfare is a 70-page color cover booklet that describes the strategy and tactics behind psychopolitics. Psychopolitics is only $10 from The American Voice. Go to www.theamericanvoice.com or call 541-826-9050. That's 541-826-9050 for ordering information.
to the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan, editor of the American Voice newspaper. We'll be bringing news, commentary, just a little attitude. So sit tight. Things are about to get up. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. As you heard already, this is the Frank Report. And you're listening on American Voice Radio Network. Independent, I might add, American Voice Radio Network. All right, let's get this right. And uh, it's about, well, it's about 12.03 in the afternoon, so if it's not where you are, then it's uh, either in a different time zone or we're not live, okay? But if it is 12.03 in the afternoon or 3.03 in the afternoon back east, and it's June 3rd, Thursday, the year 2004, then we are in fact live. And as most of the time, 99% of the time when we're live, we will take call-ins. That number is 1-800-433-1429. Okay? That is a, uh, a independent company that provides us our, our uh, 800 number. 1-800-433-1429. Okay? Anyway, let's see. It's a, uh, you know, one thing I, <laughs> I want to. I'm going to give you a website. I don't usually do this, but you know what? It's got a lot of lengthy stuff there, and I do want you to check it out. And I'm just not going to. You know, it would take it would take several shows to read all the way through. And you know what? I'm not even entirely sure. You know, if it's bogus, somebody's idea of a joke, or if it's actually factual. Okay, I, I don't know, uh, but I'll tell you what, it made me nervous when I read it. Uh, okay, so you got your pen and piece of paper or pencil or whatever you write with, crayon, magic marker, you know, you got something to write on, wall, paper, whatever. Okay, because I'm going to give you this. It's www.bushcountry.org, all right? Bushcountry.org. And when you get there, now don't be scared away because I almost was. I got there and it's like it says something. Uh, it's it, it means what it says, you know. It, uh, the the person who gave it to me said, well, I think it means bush country, as in you know Australia, bush country. Well, no, 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 no. This is an ultra right wing Republican conservative website. Okay, they're like bush country, you know. They mean that. They're like yeehaw, yay, bush. Although they call themselves conservatives, so it's tough to understand how anybody conservative can still say, yay, Bush. I suppose if, you, you know, if you're using your comparative uh, reasoning to carry, well then sure, you know, compared to carry, you know, my dog is a conservative compared to carry. I mean, good golly, you want, you know, liberal poster child, there he is. You know, so, but this is not a comparative thing, come on now. You know, what comparative, well, he's a conservative. You know, if you look at Kerry, he's a conservative, sure. You know, that's nothing but another form of diaprax. You know, grading on the curve. Well, gosh, everybody in the class is an idiot, so I suppose uh, the smartest idiot here gets an A. Where in the old days, 
If you were an idiot, you didn't pass. That was the way it was, okay? Nowadays, if you're the smartest idiot in the class, you get an A, and all the idiots who did a little less than you did get lower grades. And you really don't want to fail any little darlings anymore, because then they'll get a psychological uh, dysfunction, and then you'll need to put them on Prozac or Ritalin, whichever works best, or maybe both to really set them straight. And uh, then we have what we have, look around Folks, okay, it's nothing but diaprax. It's a, just another version of it. It's all around you. I mean, it is all around us, and this is the big problem. Remember that little thing in the Bible, lukewarm? Well, folks, that's compromise. That's consensus. That's let's agree to disagree, but you go ahead. That's tolerance. Lukewarm, lukewarm, lukewarm. I, you know, you really ought to go look that up in the Bible and see what God says about it. Because, hey, you're not going to believe me. Nobody believes anything I say, so go look it up in the Bible yourself. Look up lukewarm and see what happens. See how much the Lord likes that. Now, you know, so, but this, I, I digress. This is, don't get scared away by that, because it's the first article up there. It's the first link is, uh, and uh, I'm not sure if I'll get this exactly right, but it's something to the effect of, is uh, the end, you know, end of the world, 2004, June, uh, June 8th or whatever, 2004. Click on that and read that. What it is, it's not really an article. It's more of a, uh, a reposting of something from a forum. And those of you who are not familiar with a forum, it's where you go online and you go on here, it's like a bulletin board, you go on, and you read what everybody else has written. And if somebody says something, and you want to comment on it, you click on it, and then you can, you can write what you want to say. And it goes up there on the board, and people can see what the other guy said, and they can see what you said, and they can either just read it, or they can, they can add to it. You know, they can reply too. That's what this is from. Okay, and they only take the parts of, uh, well, they take one side of it. They take this one guy who's, you know, at the end of the whole story. I don't want to spoil the ending for you, but we all die, okay? The thing is, at the ending here, he, he claims to be an astronomer and, uh, you know, somebody of credible, you know, somebody with credibility that, you know, this is all true. Now, I don't know if it is or not. I'll tell you what, and it really doesn't matter if it is or not. Uh, because what's described there is uh, very, very bad. And, and I tell you, I'm being real, uh, I'm being optimistic when I say very, very bad. Uh, hey, big rocks falling from the sky at 10,000 miles an hour. Uh, you know, where are you going to hide from that? You know, and all you boys with those big uh, taxpayer-built bunkers, you know what? They better be real deep because you got, you know, and you better be uh, willing to stay in there a while because it takes a long time to dig yourself out of something like this. Anyway, you got to read this stuff, folks. Uh, you really have to read this stuff. And then today, there I am on the news, on the Internet, looking around, and, ah, in Seattle, Washington, people said they saw a uh, what amounts to a meteor, you know, going through the atmosphere. It was said that it's a meteor about the size of a computer monitor. Okay, so that's a little, you know, that's just a piece of, you know, that's just a little stone, basically. But see, when it hits the atmosphere, it makes a big, you know, big light. And uh, they all saw it in Seattle. 
Of course, there was another story that was a hoax uh, about a you know a car-sized meteor landing in uh, Olympia, outside Olympia. But hey, who knows? You know, I mean, the AP reported it, and then they said, "Oh, we take that back. It was a hoax." Folks, I don't know what to believe anymore. You know, I read this stuff, and it's like, wow, uh, gee, you know, I'll tell you, it made me very nervous to read this thing. I suggest you go read it. Make up. See, this is what it's about. You go use your discernment to go read this, because I'll tell you, at that point, reading this thing, I am, uh, I'm going to lack to come to any determination. You know, I mean, if it's true, there's nothing we can do. Anyway, uh, so it doesn't matter if it's true or not, because if it is, whoo, the only thing's going to keep you alive is the Lord, because, uh, you know, you can't dodge meteors, all right? Uh, here comes one run. It, that isn't going to work. Unless, hey, those of you out there that, you know, when it's pouring down rain, you folks out there that can, you know, jump between the raindrops and you never get wet in a rainstorm, you might have a chance. But the rest of us are kind of ski-rude in this case if it's true. And if it's not true, uh, you know, it's certainly, uh, gosh, if this is somebody's idea of a joke, it's not very funny, I don't think. But, you know, the, the other thing is, too, even if it's not true, the scenario is believable enough to where it could be true. And if it could be true, it could happen. Because, I mean, look at the moon. Now, how do you think all those craters got on there? How do you think the moon looks the way it looks? Well, from getting beat up by meteors, that's how. And uh, we can look at our own planet to a lesser degree, and we've got some uh, big impact spots, too. Matter of fact, I was reading something else. Under the Chesapeake Bay, I think, is... Uh, uh, meteor impact, you know, from long, long ago that the uh, geologists claim they found. Anyway, go check it out. It's bushcountry.org. Okay, bushcountry.org, spelled just like it sounds, bushcountry, all one, all one word, .org. You know, like I said, usually I don't send people to other websites, but, uh, you know, unless we have a guest or, a, you know, uh, that has a website, then, of course, we do. But, you know, generally I don't, but... This is something worth reading, folks, because, uh, as I said, you know, what's described there is not something that you're going to go get, whoa, I better get food, I better get water, and I better get this, and I better do that. Well, you know, you can. It's always a good idea. I mean, I have, and, you know, over the years we've done that here, but, uh, you know, none of that stuff will do you any good if you're dead. And uh, this sounds like a pretty... This this description should be under you know the word catastrophe. That should be the definition. What this what this is, uh, two possibly three impacts by major meteors, and uh, you know not to mention all the little garbage that comes along with it. You know the smaller pieces. Anyway, give it a read, see what you think, and uh, when you get done, you know there'll be a test on Monday. Anyway, <laughs> what meaning you can call in Monday and we can talk about it, see what you think about it. Anyway, you can call in now. Uh, you can call in today. We just got a few minutes before the break here, but you can call in today and tell me what you think about. What do you think the possibilities are of a, uh, you know, the Earth being hit by meteors? I mean, big time. You know, not the little, uh, oh, look at the pretty lights in the sky. Those are meteors. I mean, I'm talking about, uh oh, we're dead. Sort of meteors. And I don't mean, you know, life wiped off the face of the Earth. I mean just, 
oh, I don't know, let's, let's pick a number. Let's say 3 billion dead. Okay, let's say 3 billion dead. That's not, the, you know, wiping out civilization, but, boy, it's putting a hurting on it, that's for sure. So what do you think the chances are of that happening, for one, in our lifetime, for two, um, in, the, in the near, in the next hundred years? What do you think? And for those of you out there with, uh, you know, <laughs> the, uh, an, an imagination, how many of you think that, well, yeah, and the government's probably got it under control and they have, uh, you know, they have uh, things to take care of it, you know, like, uh, I don't know, the anti-missile uh, defense deal they've got going on. You know, I mean, do you really believe who's going to shoot missiles at each other? You know, I mean... The Soviet, the Russia, Soviet Union, you think they're going to, you know, the U.S. and just going to say one day, that's it, and just launch a bunch of missiles at each other? Doesn't seem, it seems less likely today than it used to seem. When I was growing up as a kid, it seemed real likely. It was almost a given that, well, hmm, this is not a good place. We're just, uh, you know, uh, in New Jersey here. We're probably going to get nuked. But anyway... How many out there think that the government is in control of technology that could defend you from meteors? Uh Okay, so we're going to do that. And I've got other stuff here. There's a couple things uh, that I wanted to get to the other day, and I didn't, so we're going to do them today. Uh, Let's see. Now, you remember that uh, Pentagon computer surveillance program? Uh, What was it called? Uh, Total Information Awareness. That's what it was. Total Information Awareness. You know, remember part of it was, you know, snitch out your neighbors and things like that. Uh, They were going to spend $54 million on it. Well, Congress killed it. Okay, and what this thing was going to do was scan a vast array of databases for clues about criminal or terrorist activity. All right, meaning it was going to search records on people who there was no belief that they had done any criminal activity. What they were going to do was gather a lot of information and profile. Okay, they were going to profile, and if you don't think this profiling technology is being used, you better think again. Because that's exactly what the phone company does. They profile. They don't really do anything. They scan everything and they have certain deals, certain parameters they have set. And if you're out of, say, I don't know what the numbers are, but let's just pick four. Say they have ten points, ten flags. And if you flag on four different areas, you get kicked up to the next office, okay, and then they investigate you, all right? Speaking of phone companies, I do want to point out one thing. You know, you see all these advertisements on television, unlimited this, unlimited that, unlimited, unlimited, unlimited. Well, guess what? It ain't even close to what most of you think is unlimited. What do you figure, what do you think unlimited is? 
Huh? What do you what do you figure unlimited is? What do you think? Not that it matters what you think, because you know why? You're not the phone company, and you don't have the FCC in your back pocket. So what do you think is unlimited? Again, I'm the only one that cares, you know, because nobody else cares. The FCC doesn't care. The phone company doesn't care. But I do. I want to know what you think unlimited is, because I know... That an ISP, a lot of them, now there's some of them that when they say unlimited, they mean it. But there's other ISPs that actually say in the small print on page 92 of their, you know, their terms of usage that, you know, nobody reads because we don't have 24 hours to sit and read the small print before, gosh, I just want to go online. They figure unlimited means eight hours a day, which, gee, uh... Well, eight hours a day, okay, uh, I probably go over that, you know, because I'm online a lot. It's kind of where I do my work, and sadly enough, I don't have an eight-hour day, so I spend more time on there than that. I need the infinity plan, I guess, but the thing is, you know what, for instance, AT&T considers unlimited One hour and six minutes per day. That's right, folks. One hour and six minutes per day. That's what they consider unlimited. Gosh, I wonder if a jury would find them guilty of deceptive advertising. We'll be back in a few minutes, folks. Whether you call it commercial redemption or accept it for value, The Commerce Game Exposed is the book that will help you understand this process. The fact is, there is no lawful money in circulation. The explanation and details as to how this happened are enlightening, and the instructions concerning what one can do with this information are detailed and easy to understand. Utilizing this process is not for everyone, but learning how lawful money has been turned into commercial debt instruments should be of concern to everyone. The Commerce Game Exposed book is a good tool to learn the commercial nature of the New World Order. To order The Commerce Game Exposed, go to www.theamericanvoice.com or call 541-826-9050. That's 541-826-9050. Time is money and knowledge is power. That's why you need the Basic Research Library CD from the American Voice Now. This CD contains the Federalist Papers, which are the definitive writings illustrating the intent of the Constitution, and the Anti-Federalist Papers, which read like a crystal ball to everything gone wrong concerning the present-day Constitution. This CD also contains Bovier's Law Dictionary and the Uniform Commercial Code, plus... 
the inaugural speeches of the U.S. presidents, the U.N. Charter, NAFTA, Hitler's Mein Kampf, the full Communist Manifesto, the Patriot Act 1 and 2, the model anti-bioterrorism law, the Homeland Security Bill, the FBI's Project Medigo, and too much more to mention here. The CD contains over a thousand files. To order your CD, go to www.theamericanvoice.com or call us at 541-826-9050. That's 541-826-9050 for ordering information. We're back. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. Let's carry on where we were. We were talking about uh, profiling, data mining, and such. Uh, the uh, Pentagon's $54 million total information awareness program was uh, killed by Congress last September over worries of privacy and such. But you know what? Don't think it's gone away because it hasn't gone away. 36 of the government's 199 data mining efforts. Okay, the government has 199 data mining programs. And 36 of them collect personal information from the private sector. This is a move experts say could violate civil liberties if left unchecked. Do you think? You know, this is information that you give the companies. Your ISP is one of them. You know, the people you uh, dial into the Internet, those guys, they get information from them. They get information from your bank. I know there's those of you out there going, ah, what do I care? I'm not hiding anything. Well, sure, you're not hiding anything. And it's going to come back to bite you. You're not hiding anything. You don't think you're doing anything wrong. And you might not be doing anything wrong today. Stroke of a pen, stroke of a pen by somebody somewhere. And what you're doing now that didn't used to be illegal is it can change that fast. And then you got nowhere to hide. Forget about you got nothing to hide. You got nowhere to hide because you've already given up all your information. You've already shared everything because, well, I've got nothing to hide. Now you got nowhere to hide because you've given it all up, stroke of a pen. Now the things you do are illegal. Oh, they would never do that. My government wouldn't do that. Now, several of these data mining efforts appear to be patterned after total information awareness. Quote here. I believe that total information awareness is continuing other under, uh, under other names, and the Defense Department projects listed here might fit that bill. This is a quote coming from Peter Swire, an Ohio State University law professor who also served as the Clinton administration's top privacy official. 
Yeah, they had him in a, locked in a closet in the back room. The Bush administration, of course, has uh, you know uh, walled off that closet. Now it just looks like part of the wall. Uh, Defense Department officials did not respond to a request for comment. Well, that's a nice, open, free society's government. No, we're not going to tell you. We're not going to comment. We won't say anything. You've got no right to know anything because, by golly, we're the government and we'll do what we want. But don't worry. you got nothing to hide, right? All right, let's see here. What are we doing here? Oh, those of you out there, I want to welcome you out of the cave. Uh, those of you who are just joining us and uh, just waking up, uh, you might have heard already that you know the United States government has a little bit of a financial problem. They're running in big debt and huge deficits. So they've got a little problem when it comes to money. The funding levels referred to uh, in a memo. Now, this memo, let me bring you up to speed. This memo I'm talking about is how, you know, the Bush administration is going to make cuts. We're going to make cuts. We're going to be responsibly, uh, you know, fiscal, fiscally responsible. We're going, to, we're going to do this, and we're going to start being a conservative again because why there's an election coming. Except, folks, it's phony. It's phony baloney. It's the Republican thing they always do. Well, let's see. Oh, we're going to make cuts. We're going for smaller government. So, uh Get those food stamps out of that, that out of that loser's hand over there under the bridge. As a matter of fact, knock that bridge down because, uh, you know, we shouldn't be, but I know, put a chain link fence around the outside so you can't live under that bridge because it's for your own good. Anyway, they're talking about cutting. <laughs> this is their thing. Why, we're going to cut $2.3 billion. Well, that sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Wow, $2.3 billion. Man, these guys are really doing it. They really are finally being the conservatives we thought they'd be. Yeah, well, you know what that equals? That's 0.56%. That's right, folks, a little over half a percent. Okay? Because the, <laughs> the requested, okay, uh, the requested money for the fiscal year of 2005 for domestic programs and homeland security is $412.7 billion. Woo! Boy, what I could do with $417 billion, huh? But the cuts are going to be politically sensitive because they're targeting popular programs that Bush has been touting on the campaign trail. In other words, these are, these are, these are things that he says are good. We really got to teach the children to read. We really got to feed them poor kids, and we really got to do this and that. Uh, and we really like to, except we're going to take all the money out of that program. Anyway, folks, we'll be back after the break. You stay tuned. 1-800-433-1429. Give us a call. Whether you call it redemption, accept it for value, or the commerce game, whether you have studied this process, utilized this information already, or are thinking about using it, you need to attend the Honor Dishonor Workshop presented by Victoria Joy. The next workshop is in San Diego, California, June 25, 26, and 27. To make arrangements to attend, call one 
1-407-962-0588. That's 1-407-962-0588. Ask for Iris. Folks, everything in commerce is correctable. Learn how to fix defects in your process or how to avoid them in the first place. Attend the workshop in San Diego, California, June 25, 26, and 27. Call 1-407-962-0588. Remember to tell them you heard it on American Voice Radio. The Inside View with Desert Owl, Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. right here on American Voice Radio Network. Desert interviews the most interesting and controversial guests you will hear on radio and takes calls, too. Listen on Galaxy 11, Channel 12, Audio 8.10, on your big C-band satellite dish, and on the Internet at AmericanVoiceRadio.com or .net. Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. Vitamin E prevents internal blood clots, but not all vitamin E is equal. Would you like to get a vitamin E that makes blood flow more smoothly than Plavix, but with no harmful side effects? For Spectrum Natural Unesterified, vitamin E complex has been called WD-40 for your blood. It actually lubricates the blood while it dissolves plaque. It prevents platelet aggregation and internal clotting. It neutralizes smoke, fumes, waste, and other harmful free radicals. Doctors report relief from angina, painful leg cramps, strokes, fibrocystic breast tumors, circulation problems, and much more. Get one bottle for $35 postpaid, two bottles for only $60 postpaid. Restore this vital nutrient removed from your food supply through food processing. Read more at 4spectrum.us, spelled number 4spectrum.us. Call 800-581-8906. That's 800-581-8906. Order today. This is the American Voice Radio Network. Broadcasting live on satellite at Galaxy 7. Transponder 12, audio 8.1. We're on the internet at AmericanVoiceRadio.com. You can hear American Voice Radio 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan, and you are listening on American Voice Radio Network. Okay? And uh, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. I want to give some, uh, oh yeah, that commercial there, uh, the vitamin E. Uh, hey, what do you mean no, no harmful side effects? Gee, what good is it if there's no side effects, right? I mean, and harmful side effects at that. Man, you watch these TV commercials for all these pharmaceuticals out there, and it's like, hey, you got allergies? This is going to be great. Other than the bleeding stomach and the, uh, you know, the headaches and the, uh, you know, your 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 heart explodes and uh, you know, they got all kinds of things for all kinds of stuff, and it's just all got this this long list of nasty things that happen to you or could happen to you, which means it's already happened to somebody uh, if you take this stuff. 
natural stuff is better, folks, you know, because it doesn't have the side effects. And uh, the uh, four-spectrum stuff, that both the chlorella, which uh, I, I didn't run that ad, but the, uh, the vitamin E, too, uh, I've got both of those products. And I'll tell you, I, uh, the chlorella, I feel, I feel the stuff work, okay? And those of you out there that have a particularly uh, lax diet when it comes to eating greens, because greens are important. Tomorrow, Friday, it's Friday again. And our regular guest on Friday is Dean Lauren, and he talks about greens and why you should eat greens and what it chemically does in your body that's good for you and why it's, you know, why this chemical reaction is good for you. So greens are very important. And if you look at your diet, I mean, uh, you know, generally speaking, people don't eat the greens they should. And even if you are eating, well, I eat a lot of greens. Well, yeah, you're getting them at the supermarket. Are you confident that they really have all the stuff, the nutrients in it that it's supposed to have, that it had, say, 100 years ago? Are you confident that that's true? Mm, I'm not. You know, I'm not confident at all about that. So, needless to say, I can feel the chlorella work, okay? And vitamin E, I'll tell you, folks, everybody out there pretty much knows vitamin E is really good for you. It's got a lot of different... Good things. The uh, commercial mentioned some of them there. But, you know, vitamin E, people have known is good. And obviously, the better vitamin E you can get, the better it'll be for you. You know, I mean, this makes sense to you, right? Just kind of like the better motor oil you put in your car, the better it's going to work for you. Oh, sure, some is better than none, but better is better. That's why they have it called better. Anyway. You know, I just want to encourage you to give Jerry a call at 1-800-581-8906. And I'm not sure that's the right, uh, I think he might have got a new one, but I'm not sure. We'll see. Uh, I'll, uh, but I do know if you go to fourspectrum.us, those of you on the Internet, go check it out. they got a lot of literature on it. Go check it out and see what it is. Uh, you know, and you got my word for it that the chlorella really does work, and uh, I know for a fact vitamin E is good. You know, so there you go. Got to keep yourself healthy, folks. The environment isn't getting any better. Uh, the food isn't getting any higher quality out of the factory farms. You know, so you got you got to do something. And uh, just piling money away, eating handfuls of pills, isn't going to necessarily do it either. You got to get stuff that your body is going to actually be able to use. Anyhow, we left off at the government, uh, you know, with their information uh, mining operations. So it's still going on. And where did we leave off? i got to try to find this piece of paper I had here. Oh, yeah, here it is. Now, I, I just want to get through this real quick here. The cuts, okay, the cuts. Here's the cuts. The Education Department, a nutrition program for women, infants, and children, Head Start, and home ownership, job training, medical research, and science programs all face cuts in 2006. But thank goodness the military's not getting any of their money cut. Whew, there's a load off my mind. Wow. While, uh, you know, people aren't going to be getting an education, they're not going to be getting nutrition, uh, well, at least not the women, infants, and children. Head Start, nap, you know, the uh, crack moms can take care of their own children. You don't need to own a home anyway. Job training, why for? There ain't any jobs. 
medical research and science programs, well, we already know all we're ever going to know, right? So why bother with any of that stuff? Uh, maybe, you know, as we save money there, we can spend more money on weapons of mass destruction to kill other people in other countries because we want what they have. Gosh, where's that American flag? I'm so proud right now. Despite denials, this memorandum confirms what we suspected all along, said Thomas S. Ken, Democratic Staff Director on the House Budget Committee. Next February, the administration plans to propose spending cuts in key government services to pay for oversized tax cuts. Uh, you know, okay, <laughs> that's... The key thing there is February, you know, like as in after the election. But the thing is, oversized tax cuts, uh, aren't we forgetting the out-of-control spending? It's not just oversized tax cuts. It's completely out-of-control spending. Sheesh. Well, I started charging everybody less for things, and that's why I'm in the jam. Well, what's this new Mercedes in your driveway? Well, I needed that. Oh, what about the new house? Yeah, I needed that too. I needed all these things. I needed new clothes. I needed new jewelry. I needed all these things. But I, you know, but I, char- I also, while I was buying all these new things, I, uh, you know, I, I lowered the prices of everything. So that's what put me in a jam. Not my uh, spending. Oh no, no, no. It was. Uh, I'm not charging enough. You know, the Democrats are saying, well, you know, the problem here is they're not charging enough taxes. Oh, that's the problem, you know, and I'm sure that the Republicans will be more than happy to go along with that because it diverts the attention away from their out-of-control, drunken sailor-like spending spree they've been on for, what, three years now. Jeez! But with the budget deficits exceeding $400 billion this year, you see that $2.6 billion don't sound like so much when you realize there's a $400 billion deficit. Tough and painful cuts are unavoidable. Tough and painful cuts? Why is it always got to be the poor, the women and the children? You know, why does it always have to be things like job training and home ownership that have the painful cuts. Why isn't it the military? Why isn't it the administration itself? Why don't they cut some of these useless eaters off the government payroll and then they wouldn't need so much money? Why, that's just crazy talk. Federal agencies' discretionary spending has risen 39% in the past three years. I think the public is ready for spending cuts. Yeah. Well, you know, now here is, here's a Republican think tank, the Heritage Foundation. I think the public is ready for spending cuts. Not only does the public understand there's a lot of waste in federal budget, but the public is ready to make sacrifices during the war on terror. Folks, the war on terror is going to be 30 years long. Is that what you had in mind when you say, signed on by wheeling up the flag in front of your house and saying, here go war? Man, oh man, you know, unbelievable. And I don't really care what you people do. You know, I don't care. You want to spend every last dime you have. You want to go live under the bridge and sell your children into slavery. That's your business. But don't you sit there and tell me that I have to, too, because you've decided it's best. 
because I've decided it isn't best, and I'm not going along for it. And more of you who agree with me need to stand up and say the same thing. No more for you. You're not at all doing the things I want you to do. So nothing, no more for you. There's a lot of programs out there, folks. You've got to start doing something rather than just going along for the ride here because the ride's going to run you right into the pit. And uh, those of you wondering, that would be a bad place, okay? That's kind of why they call it the pit. And those of you out there who think, oh, well, my government this and my government that, and you're just one of them crackpot lunatic liars. Well, oh, I had this from yesterday because we had a Mike from Chattanooga on. He's a Gulf War veteran who's suffering from Gulf War syndrome and getting shafted by the VA. All right. His doctors say he should be 100% disabled. They send in their paperwork to the VA committee who gets over 100 benefit points. That means they get greased if they deny people. So, of course, they deny him and say, nah, you're only 10%, even though doctors say he's 100. This is the whole HMO way of doing things. See, it's the same way the VA's always done things. Doctors say one thing, the committee decides, nope, nope, we've decided that's too much money. Oh, yes, medically, it doesn't matter what the doctor says. It's too much money, bottom line. Yet, you know, Bush would have you believe we love our veterans. And, you know, I I just read today, veterans are lining up to support George Bush. You morons. I mean, okay, I can forgive you for being stupid and joining the military. You know, and, and I was stupid, too. I did the same thing. And what I mean by stupid, I know a lot of you insulted out there. That's just too bad. Because the thing is, look at it. Would you just please look at it? Look at what the military's been doing. I don't have a problem with the concept of the military. What I do have a problem with is the administrations that we've had directing the military. And obviously the military has to be under the control of the civilian government. Folks, the civilian government is rotten to the core. They've gone completely bad, over the edge. They have no redemption. They're nothing. They're gone. They're over. They're through. There's 600 of these lying criminals that should be strung up by the neck and hanged till dead after they're all given a fair trial for treason. Okay? Now, what, do you, what kind of decisions do you think somebody like that's going to make? Well, let's review. Korea, Vietnam, uh, Afghanistan, Panama. Okay, the list goes on. I can't even name all the little incursions they've gone all over the place doing stupid things, killing people. they got no business being there in the first place. And for you folks out there who think, well, you know, we got to run around the world and pick these fights somewhere else because it's better to fight in your, you know, their yard than your own yard. And, that, da, 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 da. and that's all real wonderful little blah, blah, blah talk. But it's all a bunch of BS. All right? Every man, woman, and child in this nation over 16 and under 70, or as long as you can hold a rifle, ought to be armed. The government should have in place places and programs to where you can be taught and practice shooting and safety with those weapons. You should have it in your house. You should be provided ammunition for nothing. Every man, woman, and child over the age of 16. And then they can maintain their fighter jets and the Navy and all that other good stuff to protect the shores and project power for as much as they can. 
The bottom line, this business about going to somebody else's yard and picking a fight is a bunch of BS. It's not what the framers had in mind. And if that's the kind of country you want, go start your own country somewhere else. Because the United States of America is supposed to be a country that does not get entangled in foreign conflicts. What part of that didn't you read in your history class? That's where I'm coming from when I say, gee, you know, you're stupid enough to join up. So was I. Because, you know, you have a good idea about duty and honor. And you know what? There's a lot of honorable people in the military. I think about when you get past general, though, uh, things start going bad. And apparently, the Clinton administration really uh, put a hurting on the military as far as honor goes. You know, honorable people get forced out, the scumbags get, you know, promoted, that sort of thing. But the thing is, for veterans to go and support George Bush is, how blind are you? What, why? What do you think he is doing for you? What interests you have do you believe George Bush is supporting? Because I can tell you right now, he's not. All he is is words when it comes to supporting veterans. Oh, he gets up and says the speeches, we love the veterans, we honor the veterans, we, we couldn't say enough, we'll never be able to thank them, that's why we're not even going to be able to try. I mean, this is the same guy who got up there and said, well, we're not going to let any country use our freedoms against us. He left out the little part about because we're going to take all your freedoms away from you. So nobody will be able to use them against you. It's for your own good. We owe our veterans a debt that can never be repaid. So we're not even going to try. Oh, wait, that part got left out of the speech, didn't it? But that's the fact of the matter, folks. Talk to some vets who actually got problems, okay? Talk to some Gulf War vets that actually have problems, who actually have to deal with the VA and see how they're dealt with. They've been experimented on, and now the government's had enough of them, and they're throwing them away. And you can go live under the bridge. Here's 100 bucks a month to live on. Woo! A hundred whole dollars to live on? Here, pretty shortly, that'll buy you about a tank of gas. Hey, you know what? If you've got one of those big suburban-type uh, vehicles out there, uh, it will just about buy you a tank of gas now. Think about it, okay? I think those suckers got like 25, 30-gallon gas tanks in them. Woo! Anyway, oh, it just makes me, it, it makes me crazy to see people out there in a group who is a, a large percentage of their group is being screwed over by the very people they're marching and supporting. It's unbelievable. Uh, ignorance at that level is, is just not acceptable. You know, it's just not acceptable. You're falling for nothing but words with absolutely no substance. And that's every one of these politicians. I mean, here we are in the campaign game, and it's like, man, every word out of their mouth, you know everything they say is exactly opposite what they're going to do. And the federal courts, because they're so, you know, uh, oh, they're a separate branch of government. Of course they are. They're not a rubber stamp group of morons either. Oh, no, 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 of course not. They're separate. 
They've only ruled that politicians are allowed to go out and say anything they want during a campaign, and nobody can hold them responsible because, see, they've already been sued once. Okay? Somebody figured, hey, you know what? In your campaign, you said this, and when me got in there, you did just the opposite. I'm suing you for lying. Guess what? Court decided, no, he's allowed to lie. Just a campaign. You ought to know better. That was basically what the court said. You ought to know better. You should know by now they're lying. Oh, man. Welcome to America. Stay tuned, folks. We'll be back in a few. The fruits are grown in chaos, distrust, and economic depression. A weary populace can seek peace only from the solutions they offer. They have worked until suicide has become so common that it generally calls forth no legitimate investigation. They have used the courts, the judges, the medical profession, and even the Constitution to further their ends. America now has over one million of its citizens in prison for political crimes. So who are they? And how long have they been at this? Psychopolitical Warfare is a 70-page color cover booklet that describes the strategy and tactics behind psychopolitics. Psychopolitics is only $10 from The American Voice. Go to www.theamericanvoice.com or call 541-826-9050. That's 541-826-9050 for ordering information. Time is money and knowledge is power. That's why you need the Basic Research Library CD from the American Voice Now. This CD contains the Federalist Papers, which are the definitive writings illustrating the intent of the Constitution, and the Anti-Federalist Papers, which read like a crystal ball to everything gone wrong concerning the present-day Constitution. This CD also contains Bovier's Law Dictionary and the Uniform Commercial Code, plus the inaugural speeches of the U.S. Presidents, the UN Charter, NAFTA, Hitler's Mein Kampf, the full Communist Manifesto, the Patriot Act 1 and 2, the model anti-bioterrorism law, the Homeland Security Bill, the FBI's Project Medigo, and too much more to mention here. The CD contains over a thousand files. To order your CD, go to www.theamericanvoice.com or call us at 541-826-9050. That's 541-826-9050 for ordering information. I'm going to cut the music a little short. we got a, a long way to go and a short time to get there, as has been said in the past. And uh, let's see here. George Tennant, he's out of the CIA. And you might think it's because of all the uh, accusations and they need a scapegoat, but no, 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 of course not. Uh, George Tennant is reporting as saying, and they, it's funny, they have this in quotes, it was a personal decision and had only one basis, in fact, the well-being of my wonderful family, nothing more, nothing less. Tennant said, according to a CIA official who spoke on the condition of anonymity. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, come on now, ABC News. You're going to put that in quotes. Somebody said he said, and you're going to put that in quotes. 
tenant said, as reported by the anonymous source. In a quote, I, I'm sorry, but uh, I think that's a misuse of a quote. Hearsay can't be quoted, I don't think. Man, but this is the kind of stuff they do. Now, here's what I really want to get to. I'm going to go through this fast. But pay attention. This is America. Those of you out there who think, oh, God bless America. God's going to bless America. God is behind us. Those dirty, rotten Muslims. God is shining on us. Well, you better think again and look around a little bit. A federal civil rights lawsuit was filed yesterday on behalf of a Southern California high school student who was punished for wearing a T-shirt expressing his opposition to homosexuality on a day set aside to honor queers. All right? The Alliance Defense Fund, the legal group representing Poway High School student Chase Harper, said in a statement the young man's free speech and religious rights were violated in April when he was suspended from school for one day for wearing the homemade T-shirt. According to the suit, a school administrator told the student, quote, leave your faith in the car when your beliefs might offend others. Harper, 16, a student in the Poway Unified School District, had a hand-lettered front of his shirt, to read, be ashamed, and our school embraced what God has condemned. The back of the shirt read, homosexuality is shameful, and Romans 1.27, 1, 1, 2, uh, uh, verse 27. According to the complaint, Harper was pulled out of class in the morning and held in a small office for the whole day. His parents were finally called at the end of the school day. Before his release, however, the student was questioned by a deputy sheriff who took pictures of him and the T-shirt. Oh, man. Get your checkbook ready, Nazis. Harper wore his shirt on April 22nd, the Day of Silence, sponsored by the school district's Gay Straight Alliance. What are you, out of your mind? See, the school's promoting the Day of Silence for the Queers. There we go. That was taken care of quickly. See, the school district has no problem supporting a day of homosexuality at their school. And anybody who opposes it gets suspended and interrogated by the sheriff's department. Uh, I would name the sheriff's department in that lawsuit, too, if it were me. Hint, hint. But before we go, real quickly, I want to read you Romans 1, chapter 27. Uh, well, not chapter 27. I'm going to start at verse 21. Romans, first chapter, starting at verse 21. Because that, when they knew God, they glorified God. Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, and to birds, and four-footed beasts, and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanliness through the lusts of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves." who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, 
burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which were not convenient. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, and whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who, knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Guess what, folks? Remember, the Catholic Church says, if you do not oppose it, you are consorting with evil. That's biblical, turns out to be. Folks, we'll be back again tomorrow with Dean Lauren on Fridays. So you stay tuned for more broadcasting right here on American Voice Radio Network. Thanks for listening. Reducing our standard of living. Two, trillion dollar debt and deficits, living on borrowed time and money. Three, scandalous Wall Street behavior, fueling a confidence crisis. And number four, terrorist attacks adversely impacting economies and oil prices. Now, I'm no economist, but common sense tells me all this adds up to higher gold prices. Get informed. Take action. Call my good friends at Swiss America to understand why gold is such a safe haven at 1-800-289-2646. That's 1-800-BUY-COIN. Ask for your free 2004 Gold Rush Kit for $25 value. That's 1-800-289-2646 or 1-800-BUY-COIN. Whether you call it redemption, accepted for value, or the commerce game, whether you have studied this process, utilized this information already, or are thinking about using it, you need to attend the Honor Dishonor Workshop presented by Victoria Joy. The next workshop is in San Diego, California, June 25, 26, and 27. To make arrangements to attend, call one 407-962-0588. That's 1-407-962-0588. Ask for Iris. Folks, everything in commerce is correctable. Learn how to fix defects in your process or how to avoid them in the first place. Attend the workshop in San Diego, California, June 25, 26, and 27. Call 1-407-962-0588. Remember to tell them you heard it on American Voice Radio. Grandma.
Whether you call it commercial redemption or accept it for value, The Commerce Game Exposed is the book that will help you understand this process. The fact is, there is no lawful money in circulation. The explanation and details as to how this happened are enlightening, and the instructions concerning what one can do with this information are detailed and easy to understand. Utilizing this process is not for everyone, but learning how lawful money has been turned into commercial debt instruments should be of concern to everyone. The Commerce Game Exposed book is a good tool to learn the commercial nature of the new world order. To order the Commerce Game Exposed, go to www.theamericanvoice.com or call 541-826-9050. That's 541-826-9050. Time is money and knowledge is power. That's why you need the Basic Research Library CD from the American Voice Now. This CD contains the Federalist Papers, which are the definitive writings illustrating the intent of the Constitution, and the Anti-Federalist Papers, which read like a crystal ball to everything gone wrong concerning the present-day Constitution. This CD also contains Bovier's Law Dictionary and the Uniform Commercial Code, plus the inaugural speeches of the U.S. Presidents, the U.N. Charter, NAFTA, Hitler's Mein Kampf, the full Communist Manifesto, the Patriot Act 1 and 2, the model anti-bioterrorism law, the Homeland Security Bill, the FBI's Project Medigo, and too much more to mention here. The CD contains over a thousand files. To order your CD, go to www.theamericanvoice.com or call us at 541-826-9050. That's 541-826-9050 for ordering information. The fruits are grown in chaos, distrust, and economic depression. A weary populace can seek peace only from the solutions they offer. They have worked until suicide has become so common that it generally calls forth no legitimate investigation. They have used the courts, the judges, the medical profession, and even the Constitution to further their ends. America now has over one million of its citizens in prison for political crimes. So who are they? And how long have they been at this? Psychopolitical Warfare is a 70-page color cover booklet that describes the strategy and tactics behind psychopolitics. Psychopolitics is only $10 from The American Voice. Go to www.theamericanvoice.com or call 541-826-9050. That's 541-826-9050 for ordering information. Welcome to the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Devon, editor of the American Voice newspaper. We'll be bringing news, commentary, just a little attitude. So sit tight. Things are about to get up. All righty. Good afternoon. Okay, it's Friday. It's June 4th, and it's the year 2004, so you know what that means, folks. Today is not one of those ugly days that we usually have. Today we're going to actually talk about stuff to help you, things that aren't so ugly. First off, it's about 12.03 in the afternoon out here on the Pacific Coast. That would make it about 3.03 over on the East Coast. And as I said, if it's June 4th where you are and the lights are on outside, 
then we are most probably live. If it's not, we're a repeat, which is just fine. You just can't call in like you can on the live show. 1-800-433-1429 is the live call-in number that you can uh, participate in the show. If you've got any questions or comments, 1-800-433-1429. As I said, today is not as ugly as uh, most days. As a matter of fact, it's not ugly at all because we've got Dean Lauren here from New York City, our neighbor Dean from the East Coast. How you doing, Dean? Oh, it's always a beautiful day in our neighborhood out here in New York. Isn't that? It's so nice to hear a cheerful, positive attitude all the time. Oh, well, you know, we have to be here. You know, it's a uh, it's an incredible city. We're, of course, it doesn't compare to Oregon. But uh, let me tell you, just the other day, we just, we've got like these uh, like beautiful parades going down the streets. You know, everybody's talking about building stadiums. But let's talk about health because we are in the health capital of the world here. <laughs> well, most people wouldn't look at New York City as the health capital of the world. That's a unique view, I think. Uh, but, uh, okay. Now, I I asked you a couple of questions uh, before we started, and then we're going to get to, uh, I think, where did we leave off last week with the uh, second part of cleansing or something? Yeah, we were working our way down the GI tract. That's working right. Mycoplasma, and we're going to, I guess, go into the endocrine system to sort of bump up your defenses. Okay, but first, you see, because I'm the host, and I get to ask questions. See, you could too, folks. You want 800-433-1429. I've got two real quick questions, and then we'll get on that, because this is stuff that people, I mean, I see uh, you know, commercials on television for stuff to, uh, hey, here's this scraper, this tongue scraper thing. You know, pour this on your tongue and scrape off that white stuff, right? right. Well, that seems pretty symptomatic uh, approach to me. Like, you know, uh, I've got pimples. Well, acid burn them off. Don't worry about what's giving you the pimples. Uh, just burn them off. And, and this seems the same. So what is that white stuff, and how does it get on your tongue, and why, why you know, how do you get rid of it in a, in a different way than just scrape it off and wait for it to come back? Well, you know, you know, you really, you know, whether you scrape it or not, uh, this this white stuff is actually a fungus that is growing on your tongue. And so, what you really want to do is is understand that this is a signpost. All right, this generally means that you are having an immune suppression issue going on in your throat and mouth. Uh huh. All right. So the more important part is you want to start creating a, a an environment where this fungus is not going to be able to thrive, all right? And you're going to restore the healthy uh, environment to your mouth because your mouth is filled with billions and billions of bacteria and enzymes and all these incredible things. So you it takes a lot of of work to keep it up. Now, now, if you woke up and you saw, oh boy, look at that, you know, uh, how would you get rid of it? What would be the things that you would do to get rid of it? Okay, first of all, uh, number one, you got to start brushing your teeth really well. Uh, you don't have to use a fluoride toothpaste, but you do have to use. Uh, you really have to get into your gums and in the back of your mouth. Make sure you, you know. You uh, dislodge a lot of that stuff that's back there. Uh, get now, your teeth cleaned. Now, I, you know, obviously, uh, I, I'm all, I'm, I'm a big opposer of anything with fluoride in it, whether it's toothpaste or water. Uh, but uh, I know uh, some folks that, uh, gosh, they, they wouldn't use any toothpaste if you gave it to them with or without fluoride because they are sold on using baking soda. 
Right, that's fine. It just you just got to be a little careful with baking soda because you can wear down the enamel. But what you can do is uh, float uh, gargle with the baking soda as well as you can you know not at the same time. Don't mix the two. Right. But you can um, well you can a little, a little bit, but uh, you can also do hydrogen peroxide. What you're going to do is uh, start getting rid of the uh, the bad bacteria and the um, bad funguses, and you're generally going to um, improve the condition of, of the skin, the gums that are in your, your mouth, as well as the lining of your throat. And then you really want to sit back and you want to start uh, questioning why you have an immune suppression. Usually these are people with ongoing um, illnesses like uh, colds they can't shake, sinus problems, which are definitely fungal. Um, you want to, uh, you know, a lot of women will have these problems um, with fungals, so that you want to you, you want to eat a lot of garlic. You want to start eating a lot of uh, cruciferous uh, materials like broccoli, cabbage. You want to go into like a high vegetable diet. Carrots are great. Carrots are incredibly um, immune boosting. Now, when now, okay, let me see if I'm getting this. It's a signpost for another like an immune attack on your body does it necessarily mean because uh that white stuff is a fungus does that is that a signpost saying not only are you being attacked you're being attacked by a fungus is that true you're being successfully attacked by a fungus by a fungus okay so which means that normally this wouldn't be happening so therefore something in your body is not working up to par okay okay that's a good explanation so folks you see you can scrape it off if you want, but, you know, you might want to start looking a little deeper and dealing with, uh, you know, getting your body back up to working at uh, peak performance. Uh, now, the other question I had, and then we'll get, then we'll get on track with uh, uh, the uh, cleansing and getting down the GI tract. Uh, someone was telling me that they had determined, uh, just through observation, not scientifically, but just through observation that uh, products made with white flour anything wheat, but mostly, basically, the more refined it was, the worse it was, that they, you know, ate, got pimples. Like, if they ate a lot of white uh, flour products, they got pimples really bad. If they ate even whole wheat, they, they, didn't, they had to eat more, you know, they had to eat more bread that was made with whole wheat than they did white bread, but still, they got pimples from a basically a flour product. Now, how does that, uh, I know you've said many times on here that, you know, stay away from wheat as much as you can, uh, but why would this uh, uh, manifest itself as pimples? What's going on there? Okay. Well, the reason why you want to stay away from bread products uh, or wheat products in particular are because they help increase the uh, populations of bacteria and funguses in the body because wheat has what we call estrogen mimickers in it. Now, you know that you can't feed cattle too much wheat or they're not going to be able to lactate or properly you know, carry their calves and, and similar type things. They're okay. going to bloat out. Um, the same thing goes for humans. We were not built to eat wheat, all right? Um, because of these estrogen mimickers, these esterols, which are what are the building blocks needed for funguses, humans require cholesterol to run their bodies, whereas funguses use esterols 
okay? Uh-huh. And uh, these, so when you get these pimple reactions, what you have are bacteria and funguses joining forces to create, to take over the oil ducts that are in your skin. These oil ducts are producing oil, all right, which are is cholesterol-based, all right, and estrogen-based. Okay. Right? That's why they use a lot of placenta-type cosmetics to make your skin soft. Okay? Oh. That's where all your skin softeners are. Okay, these are all produced by the oil ducts in your skin. So consequently, what you do is by eating more wheat, you're creating a, a larger bioavailability of these esterols that are particularly um, advantageous for fungal growth and bacterial growth. And so then they, what they do is they join it, they, they can build up into these, um, these skin ducts where they just think of it as a Mickey D's, a McDonald's health, you know, a, a, a fast food store. You know, Ooh. that's what your oil duck is now becoming. Oh, okay. All right. And so these little critters are sitting actively on your ducts, and they're, and they're secreting these, like, calcium-based um, uh, hormones that are building, like, igloos around these ducts, right? Because uh-huh. they're being attacked by the body, so they have defenses. So what they start doing is building igloos around the, the ducts so that the various products from the human body can't get to them. That would kill them. I see. So then your whole pimple, I mean, the pimple starts to, to uh, become a pimple because your skin duct starts to get clogged from these calcium-based pro- uh, byproducts. And all of a sudden, it starts to back up. You get more bacteria. You get more toxins in there. And that's when you start to see the swelling of the pimple. Okay. That, that explains it. Now, uh, just to finish it up, that, you know, most people are, our culture is so geared towards bread and, and bread products. And, and so it's kind of, I don't know, I, I think it'd be spitting in the wind to kind of tell people, well, you've got to stop that. Uh, while that may be true, I doubt anybody's going to. Are there any particular flowers that people could start migrating to that would have a more beneficial effect, uh, uh, you know, or less harmful effect, let's put it that way, than uh you know, maybe they could mix, uh, use less wheat flour and start migrating towards another one. Any suggestions there? Well, I mean, you can always, I mean, obviously you can go with the whole wheat. You're not, you're, it's a little bit better than using the white bleached right. wheat because you've got more of the healthy factors that are in the actual, in the outside of the wheat. Of course, uh, it's kernel. still wheat. Right. And you can use like durum. Like, durum is what we make pasta out of. Okay. Now, that is a, a distant cousin of wheat, okay? okay? It's more of the wild type. You can then start taking, like, a little barley, you know, your, your other uh, different types of grains, and uh, what you can do is you can mash them up, and you can, you, you can sort of, like, put in a little bit of those grains. How about rye? Is rye any good for rye you? Rye is great. Is it? Okay. I love rye bread. That's why I asked. Right. And now rye bread is high in wheat, too. Right. It's just a little rye rye flour for taste, basically. Right. So what you can do is you can cut your wheat with other type of grain flours. Okay. There you go. So you can minimize the uh, the damage that wheat does. And, you know, if you're 
you're doing everything else right, lots of greens and all that good stuff, uh, you know, uh, you can minimize the, what's going on. Anyways, that's uh, those are you know my questions there. Gosh, I have uh, so many more questions, but we got to get on to the uh, get on the GI track because wow, how many miles of uh, uh, GI track is there in a person? If it was all stretched out, I, I remember hearing something that it's it's a lot longer than you would think could fit in somebody's body. Right. Um, I, you know, I myself can't remember the number right off. Oh, me but, either. Uh, but, you know, I want to say to people, as an alternative, alternative, you know, what you can do, like a lot of people will, you know, make a sandwich for lunch. Sure. Or something, and please stop with stop with the lunch meats. Okay, those are like death death foods <laughs> that you're sending yourself. Um, because of the high nitrates and everything that are in them, and that basically they make them out of animal scraps, which you wouldn't feed your dog on a bad day for eating your shoes. I was just going to say, you know, you'd be better off buying dog food. Right. Well, yeah, you don't even want to eat that. So um, what, you know, a lot of people do here in New York is they will actually take cabbage leaves. Uh, You know, they're very strong. Sure, yeah. And uh, collard greens, you know, those type of uh, uh, thick leaves. Uh, you can even use a, a, a lettuce. I, I like red cabbage. Okay. Uh, and you can use that instead of the bread to hold your fixings that you put in your sandwich. Okay. So, you know, you can make, you know, you can put your, you know, your, your, your big leaves down. You put your, you know, your, your, I hate to use mayonnaise. I think everybody should switch into mustard. I like mustard, yeah. Mustard is incredibly beneficial. And then you put your, you know, your condiments, your tomatoes and your onions. And then, you know, if you're choosing to put like a fish or a meat down, you can put that down, you know, and put other uh, condiments there. And then put another big, uh, couple big leaves of of, uh, cabbage or or whatever lettuce you're using. And I'm telling you, you, you you won't see a difference there, you know? Right, right. Now... Now, let me, you know, because, again, lunch meats are so easy, so convenient, so prevalent. Uh, you know, people, gosh, to tell them to stop using them is like, oh, man, i got to change my whole life. Now, is there any difference in quality between, you know, generally speaking, because obviously every company is different, but in general between the lunch meat you get in the plastic package that you don't know how old it is down at the supermarket or something you go to the deli and say, slice me off a pound of that. Uh, obviously, you know, the stuff that your nose knows better, obviously, if it's going to be fresh slices. If you're going to make that choice, right. you want to go in. and You know, you got to know your butcher. Right. You know, and, uh, you know, always ask him what's fresh or her. Ask her what's fresh. Um, also, there are different types. There are, like, different types of sausages or, or like, prosciutto hams. and mm-hmm. They're made with different condiments, different peppers and stuff like that. And the reason these spices are used are actually to keep down the bacteria. Ah, there you go, the old-fashioned way of keeping down bacteria. Right, that's why most of these things were actually uh, packaged with these types of spices because, you know, at that point they had to let these... Uh, these meats sit around for, you know, several months sure. in the winter. Right. So they couldn't let them spoil. Well, so what they did was they they added these spices. Well, we were having a problem with our cheese here being contaminated with other bacteria that you don't want on it. And uh, uh, my wife figured out to put little, uh, those cayenne, uh, not uh, uh, cayenne flakes, you know, not the powder, but the flakes in the cheese. And you know what? Those cheeses did just fine, just with those little bit of... Uh, 
Cayenne in there fought off the bad guys and uh, somehow allowed the good guys to do what they were supposed to do with the cheese, and it's just great spicy cheese. Right, so like a jalapeno. Yeah, it's really good. Any of the peppers are like high in these, um, oh, what are they, phytochemicals. And, you know, the hotter the pepper, obviously, the the hotter the, uh, or, or the, the the stronger the, uh, the the phytochemicals that are in there. Would, well, excuse me, would, would oregano, oregano do the same thing, oregano? Greek oh, oregano, sage, okay, uh, basil, uh, any of these... Uh, Herbs, and, and, you know, a lot of people will just put them out in the garden and, you know, just grow them in the sun and, you know, think that's it. But you want to stress them out a little bit. Right. You want to make sure that the water is just a little bit. Getting the oil and not the water. we got to take a break, and when we come back, folks, you better buckle up because we're going down the GI track. So stay tuned, and we'll be back in just a few with Dean Lauren. It's Friday, folks. Time is money and knowledge is power. That's why you need the Basic Research Library CD from the American Voice Now. This CD contains the Federalist Papers, which are the definitive writings illustrating the intent of the Constitution, and the Anti-Federalist Papers, which read like a crystal ball to everything gone wrong concerning the present-day Constitution. This CD also contains Bovier's Law Dictionary and the Uniform Commercial Code, plus the inaugural speeches of the U.S. Presidents, the U.N. Charter, NAFTA, Hitler's Mein Kampf, the full Communist Manifesto, the Patriot Act 1 and 2, the model anti-bioterrorism law, the Homeland Security Bill, the FBI's Project Medigo, and too much more to mention here. The CD contains over a thousand files. To order your CD, go to www.theamericanvoice.com or call us at 541-826-9050. That's 541-826-9050 for ordering information. Swiss America's CEO, Craig Smith, says there are four major facts pushing gold prices higher. One, the dropping dollar, reducing our standard of living. Two, trillion dollar debt and deficits, living on borrowed time and money. Three, scandalous Wall Street behavior, fueling a confidence crisis. And number four, terrorist attacks adversely impacting economies and oil prices. Now, I'm no economist, but common sense tells me all this adds up to higher gold prices. Get informed and take action. Call my good friends at Swiss America to understand why gold is such a safe haven at 1-800-289-2646. That's 1-800-BUY-COIN. Ask for your free 2004 Gold Rush Kit for $25 value. That's 1-800-289-2646 or 1-800-BUY-COIN. Friday, and as every Friday, we've got our neighbor from New York City here, Dean Lauren, and we're talking about, oh, health issues, and uh, today, we, you know, we started off, uh, I had a couple of questions, and Dean has uh, 
answered them to the uh, boy. Uh, great advice. Great, uh, you know, great information on on uh, what to do about certain things and how to uh, get your body working as close to peak as you can get it. And now, now we're going to continue on from last week and head on down the GI track. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to, I'd like to give you a quick overview of where we've been for okay, the people just tuned in. And then what we're going to do is actually move from the uh, the GI tract into the endocrine system for okay. those people that have cancer and other types We've of got problems. this short section, so this is a perfect time to bring everybody up to speed. Okay, so now disease is basically caused by uh, mycoplasma that are uh, foreign to your body. Now, mycoplasma are these little one-cell uh, uh, creatures that make life possible. They're both good and bad. Now, the good mycoplasma uh, make hormones and enzymes that are based on cholesterol and quinine. You know, you've heard about quinine tonic uh, for, uh, that they used to drink with malaria and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It used to be sold over the counter. Now they don't sell it over the counter anymore because it's really good, all right, for people to drink. Where can you get it? Oh, I'm not sure. Okay. You know, I've been hunting around, but, you know, I haven't found a good source for it. Maybe it, in, in Oregon it might be different. It might be available over the counter still. Okay. Now, these good mycoplasma produce what we call phosphodiesterases, basically phosphorus and these little uh, uh, alcohol, uh, long-chain carbohydrates with sugars, you know, um, that are basically, they act as like your enzymes and uh, your hormones. That's basically what it is. A hormone is nothing more than a a phosphorus and a sugar. And what you do need in order for these to work are vitamins, vitamins, so the vitamins, what they do is they latch onto minerals, and which allow them to hook up to hormones, and so that you can get this whole like football game going called electron transfer, and that's where an electron is passed down from one to another, and the energy is passed just like a, a football is handed off and run down the field, and so a lot of these mycoplasma that have adapted themselves to the human race. And there is only one human race, by the way. There's many ethnicities. Um, are alkaline-based, so they don't they don't like acid-type environments. The ones that have uh, made an allegiance with the human body. Now you have bad uh, bad mycoplasma. Now they also produce hormones and enzyme inhibitor knockoffs. Or they basically produce knockoffs that are similar to what we produce in the body, but because they're knockoffs, they don't work the same way, and they tend to clog up the system, which is exactly why they're produced, to stop the system from working. Mm-hmm. Now, most of those phosphodiesterases are then put into like several classifications. They're up to nine now, but the top five are uh, phosphodiesterase five, which stops your whole signaling and your immune process, all right? And that's, uh, it's similar like nitrous oxide, like when you take laughing gas, all right? And that's uh, what they uh, figured out when they started doing transplants. It's also what's behind AIDS, all right? AIDS is nothing more than South American sleeping sickness for everybody out there. No big thing, right? Phosphodiesterase 4 is what causes cancer or uncontrolled cellular growth, all right? So what you have in these tumors are the cells uh, growing at, at an extreme rate and inside those cells is a colony of mycoplasma that is using these cells to protect itself all right mm-hmm. and then you have phosphodiesterase 3 which affects your heart and arteries and veins 
so you lose elasticity. It gets clogged up with these what I was uh, what I was referring to before these calcium igloos, plaque. All right, plaque is evidence of mycoplasma. That's why you see it in your mouth. They scrape the plaque off your teeth. That's because you have bacteria with mycoplasma in there that are producing this calcium igloos. Hmm. Then you have phosphodiesterase two, which affects your liver. And that will shut down insulin and, and your blood sugar levels. So that's why you uh, tend to get like diabetes and all those kind of things. First, you get heart problems and vein problems, high blood pressure mm-hmm. from phosphodiesterase 3. Then the phosphodiesterase 2 kicks in, and most of these people then will develop diabetes. And then phosphodiesterase 1 kicks in, which affects your kidneys, which then is your regulation of extracellular fluid. You get the swelling, the edemas, you get the nitrogen waste, you know, and the water and salt balances go crazy. So then you see people go through this like three phases. First, their high blood pressure or heart problems. Then they develop liver problems, and then they develop kidney problems on top of that. Wow. So it all it's this whole biofeedback system. Boy, and the, and the body has defenses for all of it, but the body's got to be working properly. Yes, you've got to clean everything out. So generally what you do is you clean out the mouth and stomach first, then you, uh, or you make it a better environment, then you work on your GI tract, then you work on your colon, and then you, once you've got those uh, really cleaned out, then you work on cleaning your liver, then you work on cleaning your kidney, and then you work on cleaning your lymph system. So you're basically moving up the chain here. And then, because that's where you want to end up, is the endocrine system. And that's where we're going to end up. Uh, when we come back, we're going to start down the GI tract and end up there, right? We're going to, yeah, we're going to start right off at the brain chemicals. We're going to talk about mind control. Oh, boy. All right, folks, buckle up. We're going to be back in just a little bit. We're going to take this break. You stay tuned. <laughs> The fruits are grown in chaos, distrust, and economic depression. A weary populace can seek peace only from the solutions they offer. They have worked until suicide has become so common that it generally calls forth no legitimate investigation. They have used the courts, the judges, the medical profession, and even the Constitution to further their ends. America now has over one million of its citizens in prison for political crimes. So who are they? And how long have they been at this? Psychopolitical Warfare is a 70-page color cover booklet that describes the strategy and tactics behind psychopolitics. Psychopolitics is only $10 from The American Voice. Go to www.theamericanvoice.com or call 541-826-9050. That's 541-826-9050 for ordering information. American Voice Radio Network has radio's regular guy, Roger Fredenberg. 7 to 10 p.m. Pacific Time, Monday through Friday. You can listen to Roger on C-Band Satellite at Galaxy 11, Channel 12, Audio 8.10, and on the Internet audio stream at www.americanvoiceradio.net. That's Roger Fredenberg, five days per week, right here on American Voice Radio. Grandma used to say, Johnny, eat your greens. She knew something about health that we've mostly forgotten. Most of us get little or no greens daily. 
Four Spectrum Chlorella gives five times the chlorophyll of any plant on earth for cleansing inside out and 50 times more lutein than spinach for healthy eyes. All eight essential amino acids, over 60% high-grade protein, and numerous vitamins and minerals. The cracked cell wall absorbs toxins, even heavy metals, and flushes them out of your system. Four Spectrum Clean Green Superfood is a whole food concentrate with no negative side effects. 100% plant source dehydrated chlorella, pressed into tablets, using no binders, fillers, excipients, colorings, or other additives. One month supply, $35, two months, only $60 postpaid. Read more at 4spectrum.us. That's number 4spectrum.us. Call 903-714-7767. That's 903-714-7767. Order today. This is the American Voice Radio Network. Broadcasting live on satellite at Galaxy 7, Transponder 12, Audio 8.1. We're on the Internet at AmericanVoiceRadio.com. You can hear American Voice Radio 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan, and you're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. And uh, let's see if it's uh, June 4th, uh, about 12.33 Pacific Time, 3.33 Eastern Time. If it's white outside, we're probably live. If not, it's probably a repeat. Uh, but that's fine because uh, you can listen all the same. You just can't call in unless we're live. So if it is live and you are listening and you do have a question or such, one eight hundred four three three one four two nine, and I know why you don't call. I wouldn't either, actually, if I wasn't uh, here being able to ask questions. But I got the luckiest seat in the house right, right here because I get to ask questions and uh, you know have Dean uh, address them right here. And uh, you know it certainly helps me. I'll tell you, I uh, learn so much every Friday when we uh, do these shows. I really do appreciate you being here, Dean. And I know the listeners, too, do also, and they probably got their pens and paper out, and they're just busy writing stuff down. Okay. Um, you know, I, you know we, we left a break when mm-hmm. we want to talk about mind control. This yeah. is like when they always talk about cancer. You have to be in the right frame of mind. Now, I had mentioned earlier in the show about funguses and how they produce certain sterols. Now, one of the main sterols that they produce is called ergosterol. E-R-G-O-S-T-E-R-O-L, ergosterol, like ergot, right? You hear that. That was associated with St. Anthony's fire. That's a fungus that was growing on the grains during the Middle Ages. It was making everybody hallucinate and get these huge boils on their skins. Yuck. And it's what's the basis for LSD, you know, lysergic acid. Minus the boils, right? Minus the boils, right. So if uh, back in the 50s, the government realized that a lot of these funguses produce ergosterols, which can um, mimic the various sterols that are in the human brain. 
and they could use these sterols to unlock brain capacity or shut it down. All right, it, it, there's a two-way path. You right. know. The, and by the way, uh, fungal funguses are very. You know, you'd think that they're not very similar to the to humans, but the very same things that attack funguses also attack humans. So we are linked. We're sort of like, uh, because we're evolutionarily linked together. Now, mushrooms are fungus too, aren't they? Correct. Okay, and, and folks are out there... Some beneficial, some are not. Folks have heard magic mushrooms. Well, those are those ones that make you see things. Right. Now, this is the, now let me explain to you how we can trigger this stuff naturally, all right? Okay. Okay. Uh, the pineal gland, it's buried deep in your brain. Okay, the pineal gland is what's your alarm clock, all right? When you get, when the sun rises, everybody knows this, when the sun rises, it's red and orange, right? Mm-hmm. And when it gets to be midday, it's bright white yellow, mm-hmm. okay? It's those long red rays that are cutting through the atmosphere, Okay, they're low intensity, long waves, but they have the ability, just like bass frequencies, to go through the floor of your apartment or house, and that's that booming sound in your house. So it's similar. Those are the long wave uh, light rays. They actually will strike your eyes, all right? So, and they will travel into your eyes, trigger the receptors, in your eyes and send a signal to the pineal gland deep in your brain that says it's time to wake up and go to work. Now this is with your eyelids shut, right? Uh, Yes, uh, because remember, they could travel through your eyelids because they're long range, just like the bass can travel through the walls of your house. When your kid is playing the rock music, all you hear is the bass, boom, 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 boom. It's traveling through the cement. So even if you pull down the shades in your bedroom, it's still getting through? Well, you you want to basically, you know, I always love sleeping in a room that faces east. Right. Because you always wake up gently because uh, the, the rays start coming in and then you, you wake up gradually and you're not forced to wake up all of a sudden by an alarm clock. Right. Well, the sun doesn't just pop into the sky. It comes up nice and slow and, you know, things lighten up. It's, uh, it is nice and gentle. Right. And now the pineal gland is what we call the jump start gland. That will then turn around and signal the pituitary gland and the hypothalamus that it's time to go to work and start turning on all your enzymes and everything and get the day ready because you've got to go out and go scourge for food and start the day to keep you alive, okay? Now, this is, this is tied to what you said earlier about, you know, eating meat. Don't eat meat after a certain time, but 6 a.m. in the morning is basically when everything turns on because that's an approximate time of when the sun starts coming up, right? Right. That's where you would start to go out and forage. Okay. Right? You would get ready. You'd go hunting. You'd go bury. You know, you know you, this and, is where you'd start to, like, put in the food. And this is why your body starts producing this is because these rays are coming in and, and the switch has been turned on and it's time to do all that. Okay. Right. Now, what they do is they turn the pineal gland, which is also affected by sandalwood, That's why a lot of people who meditate will use sandalwood. So if you, uh, what you can do is take a few, just a drop of uh, sandalwood, good sandalwood essential oil, and you can put that in your nose at night, Uh, you know, just like on the base of your nose where you breathe in. 
and it will give you a much gentler sleep. You'll, you'll find you won't wake up as often. You won't have to go urinate as often. You'll have a, a more restful sleep, okay? Hmm. Because what that sandalwood does is it's blocking the bad ergosterols or sterols that are blocking the pineal gland from functioning, okay? All right. So these, that's what's so good about these botanicals, and that's why they bought uh, brought the baby Jesus frankincense and myrrh. Right. Because not only are they antimicrobials, all right, and that's also, by the way, it's very good for uh, scleroderma and stuff like that, uh, skin problems. Okay. A little frankincense and myrrh. Uh, you got to get a high-quality um, essential oil. But frankincense actually will work to uh, release the pituitary gland, the, the hormones that are blocking the pituitary gland, and... Uh, myrrh will uh, work to uh, help release the hypothalamus. Now, these are three glands that got to be working, the pineal, the pituitary, and the hypothalamus. The pituitary is what we call the master gland. We've already, dis- we've already said that the pineal gland is the jumpstart gland. It turns on the pituitary. So the pituitary is sitting there. It's the signal person for the entire body. And then what it does is it tells the hypothalamus, we need to do this, 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 and this, and this, all right? So the hypothalamus is the vice president, all right? It's being told what to do. It signals everything else, all right? It's not like the vice president of the United States who just sits around and waits for the president to die, right? Uh, no, uh, no. in this case, it's exactly what Dick Cheney is, because this hypothalamus, the vice president, is running the country. Yeah, in, in this case, you're right. <laughs> okay, and I love Dick Cheney, and I love the president, and I am supporting the president of the United States. All righty. Okay, so I'm just saying that to everybody. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll let that pass. Now, it's important because, you see, these hypothalamus and the pituitary will signal the rest of your endocrine uh, glands, the thyroid, the parathyroid, those are the ones that make you, you know, want to run around all day and have energy. You have the adrenal glands, which is your fight and flight syndromes, your norepinephrine, your epinephrine, you know, whether or not, right. you know, you can see things going down, um, sense things. You've got your uh, uh, endocrine pancreas. Uh, that's the one that does your insulin and glucogen. Uh, that's your, your, your ability to supply you with energy. Mm-hmm. Carbohydrates to run around and do all these uh, tasks. Then, of course, you've got your uh, gonadal hormones, which are basically testosterone and estrogen for women, testosterone for men, and uh, a whole bunch of other ones. Now, incidentally, you know, there's a lot of uh, big uh, business going on with uh, balding scenarios. Right, right. Balding is actually caused by funguses that are coming in and screwing around with the DHT that's being produced in your scalp. You know, they even mention that in, in some of these commercials, is that DHT. I've seen that mentioned in TV commercials. Right. And so what you'll do is generally you'll get a lot of fungal uh, attacks, you know, or your ethnicity, you have a, high, a lot of the guys who uh, are going bald generally mature faster. They are, are, have more higher testosterone levels. Uh, these are indicative for uh, playgrounds or breeding playgrounds for funguses because you are producing sterols, which testosterone is, that will eventually be these food for uh, these funguses. So it's very uh, important that you keep your scalp clean 
You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It'll also keep down the dandruff and everything like that, which is also associated with funguses and stuff. Now, now we 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 started the GI tract, and that's where now am I getting that this is the GI tract is what basically feeds the the rest, or is it that it's something else? Is it the, well? Uh, now, see, this is where we get into biofeedback. Okay. Now, let's see. You put in food, it goes into the mouth, it goes down into the stomach, it's digested, and then it goes into the GI tract where it's absorbed, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, that's where you get a big problem because that's your first line of of attack if you're coming in as a fungus because that's where all your minerals, all your your, uh, source of uh, nutrients are. So if I'm going to be a lazy fungus, that's going to be the easiest place to go. All right. Now, if I want something already packaged with a little bit more I have to fight for, then I'm going to go for your brain chemicals. Now, see, the hypothalamus and the pituitary, they're in your brain, right? Okay. But they are constantly talking to your liver and your kidney and your GI tract. All right? Those same cells that when you were born, you're born with three types of cells, your mesoderm, ectoderm, and endoderm. The, the, middle germ, the middle layer, the mesoderm, which turns into your organs and your endocrine glands and stuff like that, your GI tract, they're all basically the same kind of cells, and they signal one another. So when you have enough uh, nutrients, the, the GI tract will send a signal, so, hey, we, we, we've loaded down all these nutrients, it'll send a signal to the brain that says, hey, stop eating. We're, we're, we're done. We've made our daily total, all right? Okay. So the brain will then tell the uh, liver or the pancreas, hey, now's the time to put out uh, insulin and, and, and store the glucogen that we, we've made in the GI tract, all right? Then the, the pancreas then puts out this stuff, and the liver says, okay, I, you know, I've, I'm processing all the insulin. Everything seems to be going fine here. Hey, over to Mr. Kidney, where we need to detoxify and throw some of these stuff out. We need a little bit more extra fluid in our cellular levels here. As we got a few more toxins floating around, so the kidney will then say, "Okay, I'm putting out this. Uh, I'll put out my stuff." And then, you know, uh, it signals to the brain, the pituitary, and the hypothalamus, "Hey, I just did my job. Everything seems to be fine, right?" Mm-hmm. Now, here's where we get into the immune suppression. All this works on signaling. So if I can block the signaling process of the pituitary, the hypothalamus, then your body doesn't know what it's doing. Uh-huh. All right? And all of a sudden, your body... See, that's what's so insidious about AIDS or what we could call South American sleeping sickness because it shuts off the signaling system. And by the way, AIDS was developed... Uh, it was cultivated, all right, from sleeping sickness, Trypanosoma cruzi from South America, not to cause plague in people, but as a way to turn off the immune system so that we could use to do transplants. Okay. Oh, so this is a, an experiment with a supposedly a good uh, view gone kind of gone awry here. Well, and now it's got a military uh, appropriation attached to it. Ah. Now we could actually go in and, well, think about it. If, if you're having a transplant, you want to go in, turn off the person's immune system. Sure. You want to put in the new organ. Then you want to let the organ uh, attach 
become functional, and then you want to turn on the person's immune system. Right. Right. So that's why uh, sleeping sickness was cultivated. Kind of holding back on the whole turning on the system part of that whole uh, thing. Oh, yeah. They've known how to do that a long time ago. That's why uh, Viagra is out there. Viagra is part of the cocktail that works in turning on the signaling system. Viagra is so Viagra turns on? The system, right. So you guys out there who are having a sexual dysfunction, you're not, you know, you're not getting as, well, I don't know how to say, you're not getting an erectile that is firm or you're not enjoying sex as often as you used to be. Generally, you're having higher levels of funguses as you're getting older and you're having more intercourse with women with high levels of funguses. This is also an environmental biological factor, also to keep the population down. Ah, we're getting a see Now, that's what I was was looking at when you said military application. I'm thinking, wow, you know, look what's going on in Africa. You know, we don't get a whole lot of news on the, the, uh, you know, CNN or anything about how that particular disease is uh, ravaging that whole continent, and it really is, but... Uh, the communication thing uh, that you described that's so important, if, it, if the body can't communicate, if they can't signal each other, it won't work right. And then you mentioned military application. Well, to make it you know, understandable, really easy for people is look at an army, because that's really what's going on in your body is a battle, and you've got the good army and the bad army. And the thing is, if the army cannot communicate with its forces, they can't operate in a in a, a concerted effort, and everybody's just kind of they don't know what to do. They're lazy. Yeah, now, and that's now, what's so important in the military is communication is very important. So now let's take this a step forward. Let's say that I want to go into Iraq, and I want to subdue the population before I send in my military. So what what I would do is apply funguses throughout the place that will affect the signaling process, then you'll have an immune suppression which will allow not only people to start becoming uh, more infected with diseases, but you're also going to have men becoming less and less, um, how can I say? Aggressive. Aggressive, all right, because they no longer can signal, all right? So that way, by the time you want to send in your forces, you have a docile population. Oh. Right. All right. So it also works uh, in, you know, in the home. They probably should have thought of that before they actually did go to Iraq, huh? They don't sure seem they that did. docile there. No, they've already been doing it for years. They don't seem all that docile right there now. <laughs> I mean, they... Ah, well, now you see, there. you have to understand that people of African descent, which a lot of the Middle Eastern are because they were the first ones from the flow out, Mm-hmm. Um, have a ne- remember, sleeping sickness is also in Africa. Oh, so they kind of have a natural immunity. Yes. Oh, there's a, we got to take a break. Uh, it's just a couple of minutes, and we'll be back, folks, with Dean to wrap it up for today. So stay tuned. Sorry, sorry, nice. The 
Inside View with Desert Owl, Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. right here on American Voice Radio Network. Desert interviews the most interesting and controversial guests you will hear on radio and takes calls, too. Listen on Galaxy 11, Channel 12, Audio 8.10, on your big C-band satellite dish, and on the Internet at AmericanVoiceRadio.com or .net. Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. Vitamin E prevents internal blood clots, but not all vitamin E is equal. Would you like to get a vitamin E that makes blood flow more smoothly than Plavix, but with no harmful side effects? For Spectrum Natural Unesterified, vitamin E complex has been called WD-40 for your blood. It actually lubricates the blood while it dissolves plaque. It prevents platelet aggregation and internal clotting. It neutralizes smoke, fumes, waste, and other harmful free radicals. Doctors report relief from angina, painful leg cramps, strokes, fibrocystic breast tumors, circulation problems, and much more. Get one bottle for $35 postpaid, two bottles for only $60 postpaid. Restore this vital nutrient removed from your food supply through food processing. Read more at 4spectrum.us, spelled number 4spectrum.us. Call 800-581-8906. That's 800-581-8906. Order today. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. It's Friday. We've got Dean Lauren on, as we do every Friday, and we do appreciate Dean's uh, stopping by on Fridays to share some of his knowledge with you all. And uh, we've got a short segment. We don't have that much time left. So uh, go ahead and uh, wrap it up, Dean. Well, you know, it all comes down to the power of prayer. You know, a lot of people say, you know, is it out there? Does it work? And yes, it does work. And the power of prayer comes because you are not only focusing in a benevolent way, but you're actually tuning in that incredible structure called the brain in what we call the celestial waves that are out there throughout the universe, you know, this God-created universe. And that's, I think, what we should talk about next week, is how you can tune in to the electromagnetic waves that make the universe go round. And uh, they, in fact, uh, these electromagnetic waves, which are produced through prayer, that's why you sing hymns in church, why you uh, sing all the time there in these chanting and prayers, you're setting up frequencies, beneficial frequencies, to reach the universe. I've actually uh, seen a book. I haven't read much of it. Uh, we might even have it around here about the uh, uh, addressing that very thing of uh, the Psalms in uh, in the Bible. You know, because they were songs, and uh, somebody's actually done the research on, you know, uh, the singing of them and the frequencies and that. You know, it's a it's a real a real phenomena. Right, and I don't want to take away a bit, you know, from religion because I just had a big fight with a rabbi the other day, <laughs> you know, and, and it was about because New York water supply is contaminated with cryptosporidium now. Oh, that's great. Yeah, and it's just like, and I'm telling, you know, and there's, you know, if you're kosher, you don't consume crustaceans, 
And I was trying to explain to this rabbi that, yeah, there's a basis why you don't eat shellfish in the Bible, because shellfish are, the, are arthropods, and they're the number one host for bad mycoplasma. And, of course, the concept that the Torah and the, the, the Old Testament was handed down by God to Moses and all those kind of things, um, it's just like, you know, I wanted to just take this rabbi by the shoulders and say, don't you think God has a bio-engineering degree? Don't you think that God, who created this incredible universe, would know something about biology? Don't you think he'd give us an owner's manual with this uh, body? Uh, yeah, there it is. And um, and so a lot of these, uh, the Old Testament, uh, the Torah, a lot of these old uh remedies that you hear about are based on thousands and thousands and thousands of years of humans having to deal with crises formed by nature. And so, you know, this is the pact we've made. We, we've passed on this information. Right. And, uh, you know, if you do look uh, in the Bible, you, you know, everything in there, if you look long and hard enough, you'll see that it, why it's beneficial? I mean, gee, there's lots of there's also books on that. Everybody who's ever gone out and tried to disprove anything in the Bible's always come back saying, "Well, actually, uh, it went exactly the opposite way, and I ended up proving that it was true." Right. You, you know, know. The, the problem is the Bible has been rewritten so many times. It's the version you get. That's you true. Know. And so you know, that's why you have to take some of the the, the interpretations, you know, and, and think about a you know. A beneficial interpretation. Sure, and then then again, you know, as you or said, the, the power of prayer comes into reading the Bible too. You know, you pray for understanding and discernment to, you know, and, and you got to do that. I mean, I don't I don't think you just sit and read the Bible from an intellectual point of view. You have to, you know, I believe also pray for understanding because I believe in the prayer uh, power of prayer too. Right, and just I want to remind you, Frank, and especially for all those good people out in Texas, some people spell pray with an e. Yeah, yeah, they do, and uh, and and that's the way they live too. Uh, All right. Anyways, you know, it's been a uh, again, a, like I said, you know, every Friday I learn so much, and and the more I learn, the more questions I have because I'm learning enough to actually ask questions that make sense now. You know, uh, I didn't even know what I didn't know. In other words, uh, well, everybody has a sense of what's going on, uh, but they just don't know how it works. Right. And that's the fun part. Chemistry is so cool. And if my father ever heard me say that, he'd probably roll over right now. He's buried <laughs> down at National Cemetery, Arlington, you know. He was a first lieutenant in World War II. Uh, he's buried right outside the Pentagon. And and, and chemistry, uh, what, you didn't think it was cool when you were younger? Well, you know, he was a biowarfare chemist, and I, I ended up being a nuclear chemist. So it's like, you know... Obviously, fathers and sons have a difference of opinions when they, you know, <laughs> yeah. when they merge through the teenage. Oh years. yeah, I had a father too, and he was. Uh, oh well, it turns out now that he was right a lot, but boy, at the time he was sure wrong a lot. Well, it, you know, it's not that. Um, see, I, I believe that a lot of times we as adults don't take the time to sit down with the youth. Not that they would listen anyway. Right. But to explain the reasons why we do things. Absolutely. And a lot of the times we do things, it's, uh, we, don't, we don't want to tell the underlying reasons because of the embarrassing problems that are, are there. Absolutely. Dean, we got to go. It's Friday. 
again. You enjoy your weekend. And, folks, you out there, enjoy your weekend. And, Dean, I look forward to next Friday. All right, and we're going to talk about mind control in a positive way. All right, great. I like that subject. Dean, thanks a lot. Folks, thank you, too, for being here. I hope you enjoyed the show. I know you got beneficial information from it. You've been listening to The Frank Report on the American Voice Radio Network. And thanks for listening. Don't forget to tune in next time. have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188 That's 800-375-4188 Protect yourself and your family. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Melody Cedarstrom, and you're listening to Financial Survival. I'm here with my co-host, Alfred Adisk, to bring you our opinion and commentary on today's economic and political events for Wednesday, December 16th, 2015. We have Wendy Wilson joining us right after the market report today. Good afternoon, Alfred. What up, Melody? Hey, well, guess what? It was like waiting to see if somebody was having a girl or a boy. Mm-hmm. Yellen, Janet Yellen. Finally. Yay, a quarter point. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that after Wendy's on the program yeah, today. Yeah, this was like an Alfred Hitchcock production. Oh, master Lord. of suspense. It only took us eight years to find out if she would or she wouldn't raise the interest rates. Uh, <clears throat> I'll tell you why the markets are up so big today. There was just a sigh of relief. 
you know, now we can go on, move on to other things until they start talking about when the next one's going to be in 2016. Well, and, we have to uh, wonder whether it's reasonable for the markets to go up, given that the interest rate goes up. But we'll talk about that after we get, uh, you know, in the second segment of the program. And another thing we'll be talking about today is the uh, massive spending and tax uh, deal that was... Uh, uh, where Congress has reached an agreement, a $1.1 trillion spending bill that will be heading to uh, Barack Obama before everybody goes on Christmas holiday. So first, let's get to the market. Everything was up strong today, even gold. We had the uh, gold up currently at 1210, up strong this morning, and uh, followed through. Had a little bit of weakness right after the uh, announcement of uh, the rate increase, but uh, it clawed back. Thousand seventy-four. Silver's up forty cents today at fourteen dollars and twenty-six cents. Platinum was uh, up uh, almost as much as silver, up twenty bucks at eight hundred and seventy-eight. Palladium up four at five hundred and seventy-four dollars. Crude oil um, didn't manage to be up today. One point six seven down at thirty-five sixty-eight. USDX today was up 0.13. I figured that'd have a bigger day than uh, than it did. 98.32, and the paper markets today. Bear with me, folks. Uh, I think everybody's on the internet today because my everything is running slow today. Uh, the Dow was up uh, 223 points initially after the rate. It actually was down. Uh, you know, it went up triple points. This morning came back down to like 25, 35 points. Now it's two, 223 points to the upside, up a little over one and a quarter percent, 17,748. The Nasdaq back up over 5,000, 5,071, up 75 points. That's one and a half percent. The S&P, 2,073, up 29 points. Also at 1.45 percent. Ten-year yield, 2.29 percent. That was up just a 0.02. That was higher in uh, earlier trading. And the euro got a little pressure, 0.25, to the downside at 109. And, of course, European markets, uh, Japan was up big, almost 3 percent. Hong Kong was up almost 2 percent. London and uh, Germany was just up fractionally. And, again, we'll be talking about these numbers, about the rate increase. But first, we have Wendy Wilson joining us from Apothecary Herbs. Good afternoon, Wendy. Good afternoon, Melody. Hello, Al. Hello, Wendy. I thought we'd talk about how much rest does the body need to do any healing. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, we're getting into that hectic year, so people aren't getting as much rest as they should. But getting quality rest goes beyond, you know, how perky we feel or how good we look. Our heart, our brain, our entire metabolism relies on rest just as it relies on food, water, and oxygen. So we can actually speed up our healing process and boost our immune system when we get the right amount of rest. And so that's within our ability to do. So when we rest out a melody, our, our, our brain is able to think more quickly. We have better memory recall. And a lot of physicians, as you probably know, have harmed many a patient due to sleep deprivation. Okay? So getting good, constant rest also, according to science, will influence our longevity. So research is stating that if we cheat ourselves with only five or less hours per, of rest per night, 
it will increase our risk of death. So we've been hearing a lot of medicine that thinks that diseases are linked to the inflammatory condition. Well, guess what? Research now points to sleep. Uh, getting good sleep reduces the likelihood of an inflammatory disease like heart disease, stroke, diabetes, arthritis, and premature aging. So if we get more than six hours of sleep, Melody, Al, the, uh, each day, we can actually derail some of the inflammation that the body may develop. So there's this link between uh, people also with insomnia and sleep apnea. They tend to have blood pressure and heart conditions to go with it. Now, there was a 2010 study where there was this correlation between the C-reactive protein and heart attacks, and, um, and you, that went up if you had less than six hours of sleep per day consistency. And as you know, rest does relieve our stress level, too, <clears throat> right? So um, yep. lack of sleep affects also, get this, our appetite. We feel hungrier than normal if we don't get enough sleep. Uh, new research is affirming that we can sabotage our weight loss program by not sleeping. The University of Chicago did a, some research on this, and they said that if you don't get enough sleep, uh, you, you won't lose as much weight. So if you do get enough sleep, your weight loss will in, improve by 56%. So if you're under sleep deprivation, though, they said it prevents you, your body from getting rid of the fat, but it will create a loss in muscle mass instead. So um, Dr. David Rappaport, New York University Lagone, Lagone Medical Center Department of Sleep Disorders, he says this, sleep and metabolism are controlled by the same sectors of the brain. So when you are sleepy, certain hormones go up in the blood and those same hormones drive your appetite, end of quote. So if we get sleep, we'll have better weight loss control, okay? All right. All right. Now, here's the big one from Wendy. The, that's that's because you can't eat when you sleep, right? Well, hey, that's why they call it breakfast. You're breaking the fast, okay? <laughs> True. Okay. So there's this big study now, getting into some meat here, from the Journal of Clinical Endocrinology and Metabolism. They said if you're lacking adequate sleep, um, you can make up the shortfall with a nap. They found that you can reverse the negative effects of less than six hours of sleep with a short 30-minute nap. So the nap, they said, reduces the cellular stress on the body and will boost your immune system. So just 30 minutes of snooze time, they say, reverses the negative hormonal impact on the sleep deprivation that's created. And um, it kind of resets your biomarkers, they said, uh, and specifically your neuroendocrine marker and, and to normal levels. So just a mere 30 minutes, can increase your levels if you're a man by 2.5%. So that's important. So research is also mentioning that the lack of sleep reduces um, the interleukin-6 protein level that is part of your immune system's ability to fight off viruses. So if you're not getting sleep, you're more vulnerable to viruses. So, um, yeah, so this time of year with cold and flu and all that, it's real important to get some sleep. Now, Harvard Medical School also said, you know, people are, you know, throwing down the caffeine, the alcohol, the energy drinks so that they can stay awake because they're sleep deprived. But that's not working. And according to the research, the more sleep deprivation you get, the more likely you'll have depression. So antidepressants are up 400% within the last 10 years. 
And according to Dr. Sangay Gupta, she says, we're an overstimulated society. Our technology and instant gratification has kept us from resting. And she says this overstimulation stresses the cells and enhances the aging. And um, she calls this America's hidden epidemic. So uh, I think rest is becoming a real problem for even in high school kids and kids in middle and elementary school. They're just not, they're, they're too distracted with all this technology. So they sleep with it too, which is not good. So I can understand uh, that. I, I would imagine that, you know, I can remember kids wanted to take their toys to bed with them when I was a kid, but our toys right. didn't keep on running. All right. <laughs> it might be that I, it might be the like Robbie the robot or whatever my little toy was, but the truth is, he went to bed and it was, it, it went to bed, it went to sleep too. All right, there wasn't anything going on. That's not necessarily the case with some of the toys that children have today, particularly if they get close to anything like a cell phone or whatever, um, a tablet, mm -hmm. uh, computer tablet. All that and blue screen that technology. Thing into, it taking it to bed and keep you up all night. Right, that's the blue screen technology. A lot of um, neurologists and optic neurologists say it's that blue screen that influences uh, the, the circadian cycle of your wakefulness and sleep and just gets you yeah. all out of balance. So, um, and, we're, and we, we, we have a little bit more for you. The National Institutes of Health also did a study on the influence of rest on your immune system. So the amount of rest will influence um, how strong the potential of protection that your immune system will give you. Uh, so if you don't have any disturbance in uh, your normal sleep and wake cycles called their circadian system, you'll have a stronger immune system, they said. So the amount of rest that you get influences the number of anti-inflammatory or psychotine cells and also the killer T cells that the immune system actually produces. So research says that resting impacts the immune system through these cells, but science isn't really completely sure how this is all working. They do know that normal sleep redistributes the T cells into your lymph nodes. So rest will impact the interaction, communication between the different immune system cells. So your immune system likes getting rest, and it helps regulate what medicine calls your immunological processes. So um, according to Dr. Eric Prather at Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, University of California School, he says our study reveals a clinical relevance in the role of sleep and how the immune system functions as a whole. And they get into this whole thing, Al and Melody, about um, these cellular clocks that your body has, and they're all interconnected. So mm -hmm. if one dis clock is disrupted, it's going to influence the other ones. And so medicine says sleep is probably the linchpin <laughs> of disrupting those circadian rhythms within all your systems uh, or your clocks. And uh, medicine is recognizing that getting adequate rest creates a synergistic action within the circadian system and uh, it helps the body exchange or share signals through hormones, neurotransmitters, and proteins. And, um, and here's something that was really interesting. Um, your immune system uses the, the peak wake and sleep uh, circadian rhythm of uh, your rest uh, to improve on your immune system capabilities. And this makes perfect sense because when you're sick, what do you do, Al? Uh, watch TV. No, no. You sleep. You take no. naps. You probably take a lot of them during the day because you're tired. 
And I do the, that even when I'm healthy, but... Okay, well, okay. But when you're asleep, typically people take little short naps, maybe an hour or so, but it helps the immune system to make more killer T cells and macrophages. I yeah, you know, so... Got, um, well, here's, here's another story that, that supports what you're saying, mm-hmm. but it supports it from a different direction. This is up at Mercola.com. And the dangers of sleeping too much. They say seniors who regularly slept more than eight hours per night had a 46% increased risk of stroke compared to those who slept between six and eight hours per night. Hmm. Now, there's well, more to this, and they're also arguing it affects uh, depression, diabetes, weight gain, health, headaches, sure. heart problems, sure. and whatever, sleeping too much. And the point then is we apparently have a, uh, some kind of a narrow range of how right. much sleep is, a pro- is, is proper. And if we don't hit that range, you go too much, we've got a problem. Go too little, got a problem. Yes, sleep you're absolutely is important. Right. Yeah, and real quick, if I could squeeze this in, there are a number of drugs. There's the top ten drugs that disrupt your sleep cycle, robs you of that rest. They're the alpha blockers for blood pressure, the beta blockers for blood pressure, arrhythmia, angina, and so forth, uh, corticosteroids, SSRI antidepressants, ACE inhibitors, antogestin-2 receptor blockers, uh, colon terase inhibitors for memory loss and Alzheimer's, uh, the second-generation antihistamines, and the glucosamine and chondroitin dietary supplements, too, and your statin drugs will interfere with your sleep cycle. Okay? And by sleep cycle, you're talking about we go into alpha and beta and so on, and we're not just, we're not just talking about how many hours we sleep. <clears throat> for example, you can take sleeping pills. Right. And you do sleep, but right. you get a quality sleep out of those sleeping pills. Do they actually are they conducive to good sleep, or are they uh, give you a kind well, of phony sleep? Do you if know? If you ask if you asked a neurologist, he'd say no. Um, just ask Michael Jackson's doctor, who had to give him an anesthesia to get some sleep. Although he uh, woke rested, it's the brain doesn't get to go through those REM cycles of sleep. And mm-hmm. after about 50 episodes of that, the, the neurosurgeon that testified at his trial said that the brain just shuts down and death occurs. So your brain has to cycle a circadian rhythm. It has to go through it. So without it, you get sick. So if people want to boost immune system for the holidays and, you know, because if, if they don't want to miss the events and if they're eating too much sugar to suppress the immune system, they should counter with some immune-boosting herbs that we can help them out. The number is toll-free at 866 866- Two two nine three six six three, or they can visit us online at thepowerherbs.com. All right, Wendy, we've actually got about fifty seconds left. If you'd like to add any more, if not, we can uh, break loose, do some commercials. Okay. My clock must be uh, fast. We do have this week 15% off if somebody wants to stock up or save, you know, because we will have this Christmas break coming, and then, you know, they can't call us uh, during the Christmas holidays. So if they want to stock up now, they can save 15% this week. Online, the code for that in the shopping carts on the homepage, or they could just call and mention the Christmas special, okay? All right. Sounds good, Wendy. Um, we'll look forward to talking to you next Wednesday. And... Uh, that's Wendy Wilson from thepowerherbs.com at 866-229-3663. We're going to take a break for some commercials. Melody and I will be back on financial survival in just a moment. Please stay tuned. 
If you have a heart condition and emergency rooms and medical doctors are not an option, you need our emergency heart attack kit. Five concentrated liquid formulas enter the system in 60 seconds to protect your heart muscle, strengthen heartbeat, increase circulation, relieve pain, and make breathing easier. When seconds count, you want all the help you can get with our emergency heart attack kit. Easy to use and portable in a one-pound compact kit for your purse, briefcase, or car. Call Apothecary Herbs now for your emergency heart attack kit toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival. Program is brought to you by Discount Gold and Silver at 1-800-375-4188. What's next, Melody? Well, we said we'd be talking about the rate increase today, and she did, two-day meeting out of the FOMC and the Federal Reserve, and uh, they raised rates, interest rates, for the first time in nearly a decade. The yield on uh, uh, the 10-year note rose a little bit to 2.30, as I mentioned earlier. And um, it was raised uh, a quarter point, so the range will be 0.25 to 0.50. I think some of the banks have already, uh, two major consumer banks, uh, they didn't waste any time in raising rates on their products for the consumer. J.P. Morgan and U.S. Bancorp already said that their prime rate would rise, um, the the quarter point percentage to 3.5% effective tomorrow. Um, let's see what else was going on. You got some great information. Actually, Yahoo released uh, 
an interesting little article. And it's funny, there was a uh, Bernie Sanders, you know, he's the only one who uh, said that this Fed rate hike is going to hurt American workers when millions of Americans are working longer hours for lower wages. Uh, the Fed's decision to raise interest rates is bad for the working family. And uh, he wants that to. might be true, but it's good for retirees in theory because they'll make a little bit more money on whatever they've invested, whatever has been invested in their pension funds. In theory, the retirees will benefit, um, creditors will benefit, and they've been robbed for a number of years now with these artificially low interest rates. Haven't been able to get a fair return on the money that they had saved one way or another and prepared to invest. And uh, I'm not just talking about banks; I'm talking about Individuals who actually who actually accumulate wealth in the old-fashioned way, they save it. They should be better off under this thing. It's not going to be a big change, but it should be a positive change for them. It will not be a, a good thing for people who are already in debt. All right? It may not be a devastating problem for, for debtors. It may not even be... A noticeable problem for debtors. We'll wait and see. You know, it remains to be seen what sort of domino effect, if any, is going to come out of this. But if interest rates are going up, then people who are already in debt, they may find themselves in circumstances where they're paying a little bit more on their uh, on their debts than they might otherwise have done. They don't get to pay off with cheaper dollars. So. I don't know. There's, it's like a, you, no matter what you do, there are winners and there are losers. And you do something else, there's just a different set of winners and a different set of losers. Um, now the question is, how much do the winners win and how much do the losers lose? And is it enough to disrupt the cycle, disrupt the, 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 the economic system to any significant degree? Or is it just much ado about nothing? What do you think? Is it going to be much ado, Melody, about nothing? Or do you think this is going to have a noticeable effect over the course of the next several days, weeks, or months? You know, we're in the Christmas holiday. Everybody's going to be gone. There's going to be light trading. So you could see some big swings in either direction because of that. You could also see swings just based on... Um, I don't think what we're going to see until the end, until January is going to be a reflection of, of the true impact of the quarter point. I think you're probably right. So, and it, what I found interesting about what she talked about is that there, she says it was time for monetary policy actions to affect future economic outcomes. She says that if you don't raise the rate now, they have no place to go for a recession. If there's a recession, they can't do anything. And, and her speak was almost to the point, oh, or it sounded like, you know, a recession is coming, so we have to raise them just so we can lower them when that recession gets here. That's the implication. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And there's another implication. When, insofar as she says that, it implies that she does not believe in negative interest rates. She's recognizing you can only take it down to zero, and you can't go. You can only take the interest rate down to zero. You can't go negative. And so, if they want any sort of tool that they can use in the event of another recession, they're saying we've got to raise interest rates well above zero, so we can actually lower them back yeah. towards a zero in the event. But she's implying that they're not prepared to go to negative interest rates. 
Well, they basically created some negative interest rates without actually well, but not making official, it uh, not official. Think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Without well, making it official, so yeah, yeah. you know, and so again, it's just another psychological <laughs> game that everyone is playing. Compared to the inflation rate, and uh, you can wind up with a de facto negative interest mm -hmm. rate, but mm -hmm. not an official. Not where they official. said we're going to pay minus one percent. Now, they're not going below 0% on the payment, although as a practical matter, depending on whether you're in inflation or deflation, yeah, they might. you might still have a negative interest rate, but it wouldn't be official if you catch my drift. Yes. Um, they're expecting about uh, four rate hikes next year, uh, but, uh, you know, maybe fewer hikes are possible, and, you know, that'll be the next debate for the next uh, until they do it again. But she did lower expectations as far as the economy. Uh, expectation for the economy didn't change much, but the, 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 the amount of increase in rates was lowered from what she had initially stated. So, again, her outlook and her statements and some of the things she said doesn't seem like, uh, you know, it's going to be the strong economy that they've been preaching uh, for so long. And, again, it's an election year, so... Well, and, you know, it's an election year, and on top of everything else, we are in uncharted economic territory. We're in positions that the world has never seen before. There's really no economic history that can easily guide us on what, can, what government can do under these circumstances, what the Federal Reserve can do under these circumstances. Everything is up for grabs. That's the reality of this thing. Nobody really knows exactly what's going to happen. And they are, this is a crapshoot right now. Um, and it's interesting because the people in the Federal Reserve and people in central planning for this country, and that's what it really is, central planning, right? They don't know what they're doing. Right? They have guesses and they have theories and they sit back and they, you know, they conjecture about these things the same way you and I do on this program from time to time. But they don't really know. They say, hmm, I wonder if this will work. Let's try this. It's like me at the control panel of a, uh, an airplane, and uh, the pilot has died or whatever, <laughs> and there's, there's, a, there's, there's someone sitting who's taking the pilot's seat and says, hmm, I wonder what would happen if we push this red button over here. Well, <clears throat> maybe a good thing, maybe not a good thing. You, know, you need to know what these buttons do, but no one really knows right now. So... So again, this is there is an element of uncertainty here, and it's hard to know if this uncertainty. What's the magnitude? How uncertain are we, Melody? I mean, once you get to a point where you say, "Gee, I don't know for sure what's going on." Well, how uncertain are you? If you're really uncertain, then you better get some gold. If you're just a little bit uncertain, well, maybe not. You know, maybe it's not so necessary or so advisable, but. When you, when you recognize you're in a period of uncertainty, significant uncertainty that no one can exactly define, describe, can't say how, what's the magnitude of the uncertainty, mm -hmm. uh, what do you do? Well, I think everyone has expected gold to fall today, and um, I figured there would be a little bit of pressure, but you had a lot of short covering that kind of uh, reflected in the price gain for gold and silver. Silver kind of followed gold today. And, of course, if everyone's talking about a better economy, then you can, you know, you see platinum and maybe the, the, the industrial commodities move a little bit to the upside, which I think we saw in platinum and palladium. So the whole sector moved up. 
uh, for any, you know, given reason. So you could still see a little more volatility in that. But, you know, the fundamentals are still there. I mean, I hate saying it. Fundamentals are still there. I mean, it hasn't changed now. It just is, it just is ext- we're just in extreme markets, and uh, people would have to be insane not to protect um, their purchasing power uh, without gold and silver. But uh, You know, one of the things that I'm beginning to understand... And it's been running across my I've been you know, just beginning to I don't know, enter my mind in the last week or so. It's the idea that in the existing markets, which are manipulated, right? The markets are supported to significant degree by the actions of the Federal Reserve. And so far as the Federal Reserve, and this isn't a debatable point. This isn't an irrational point or hyperbolic. It isn't radical. This is, this is the truth of the matter. They have had zero interest rate policy for the last six, seven years. They've had quantitative easing for much of the last uh, seven, eight years. All right? This is all, these are all attempts to manipulate the market, mm-hmm. to allegedly sustain the economy. But if it weren't for quantitative easing, what would the market be today? Where would the Dow, where, where would the Dow be today? Would it be uh, up near 18,000 or would it be closer to 8,000? You look at this and you begin to realize the obvious, and that is we... I won't say we. I will say the major investors in the stock markets and bond markets have been there because of the Federal Reserve. They have effectively invested not in the markets. They don't care about the fundamentals. What's the fundamentals on? What are the fundamentals on uh, IBM or General Motors? Well, we don't care about that. What we're investing in is did Janet Yellen say or not say the word patience? If she did. The market will jump, right, several hundred points. If she didn't, they might fall. If she raises interest rates, we are going, oh, my gosh, the markets may go up. Or if they don't, if she doesn't raise interest rates, oh, my gosh, they might go down. We are effectively investing right now. Investors are investing in the Federal Reserve, right? I had an article here from Pains and Gains, and they point out pretty much the same concept. They're talking about what investors have been doing is front-running the Federal Reserve. And this parallels Janet Yellen has, uh, they've said they have three tools. They have interest rates, they have quantitative easing, zero interest rate policy, they have quantitative easing, and they have forward guidance. All right? And forward guidance is where the Federal Reserve comes out and they drop a couple hints and they say, well, you know, 60 days from now or 90 days from now, we're going to raise interest rates or lower interest rates or reinstall, reinstate quantitative easing or terminate quantitative easing. Well, the investors have been investing in the markets. They've been front-running. And and the Federal Reserve has been saying, well, this is what we're going to do in 60 days or 30 days, maybe. And the investors say, I think they're really going to do it. And they invest. Accordingly, they're not investing in the fundamentals of the stocks. They're investing in what the Federal Reserve is able and willing to do to sustain the stock markets and the bond markets and uh, effectively guarantee profits. That's what they've been doing. We've gone from, I don't know, 7,000 points on the Dow 
back in 2009, February 2009, if I recall correctly, 7,032, something like that, in February of 2009, up until, uh, what, 17,000, pushing 18,000 today. We, went eight, we, we hit up over 18,000 in February of this year. I think it was 18,132. Now we're down a little from that. Um, from 2009, when they hit that low, 7,000 and change, until February of this year, uh, 2015, when we hit 18,132, if I recall correctly. All right, we've had a steady rise in the markets. Why was that? Why was that? Why did that rise take place? And everybody understands that it was largely precipitated by the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve made that bull market since February. What's happened to the Dow? It's actually gone down. We've had a downslide. I don't remember how low it went. It, it was it down, down from the eight from the eighteen in uh, in, in August September area. It was down two thousand points. All right, but it's popped back up. Yeah. And now we're up to n near to eighteen mm -hmm. point. The market has been. You could sit back and say the market has been down, or at least stagnant since February this year. That suggests that the Federal Reserve is unable or has been unable or is unwilling to continue to stimulate the market and artificially prop it up. All by itself, that flat line, if the investors have been front-running the Federal Reserve and they say, they're going to do this, so well, let's invest this way. We can, make a, we can make a buck because the Federal Reserve is going to raise lower interest rates, keep them the same, do whatever. They've been front-running the Federal Reserve for the last several years. If the Federal Reserve can't maneuver, move the market up or down, if they can't, can, people are going to sit back, oh, we can't front-run the Federal Reserve because the Federal Reserve is not doing anything of significance anymore. Once that happens, I have to wonder... I know, I, I'm just, just speculation, but once it becomes clear that the Federal Reserve is no longer moving the market up, <clears throat> it becomes evidence that maybe the Federal Reserve can't move the market up, which means we can't invest in the Federal Reserve, which means, oh my gosh, we're going to have to go back to free market fundamentals. And that inevitably means the market is going to go down. All right, now I'm not sure if this made much sense, but it's been up. Since 2009, the Fed has laid the foundation for what has been a bull market in the stock market. It's been basically more or less flat, a little bit down <clears throat> on average for the last 11 months. It indicates maybe the Fed Reserve has run out of their out of arrows. Now they're trying to they're trying to you know shoot an arrow with this raising interest rates by a quarter of a percent. So we'll watch and see what happens. But main point I want to get across is the idea that people have been really investing in the Federal Reserve for the past several years. They haven't been paying attention to stock fundamentals. We find the fundamentals are associated with the free market. Fundamentals got nothing to do with the manipulated market of the central planners at the Federal Reserve. Fundamentals, what do they got to do with that? All matters, Federal Reserve, they're going to issue more money or lower interest rates or whatever, <clears throat> and thereby stimulate these markets artificially. So there's a perspective here.
Is the glass half empty? Is it half full? Are we investing in the pronouncements of Janet Yellen at the Federal Reserve, or are we investing in the fundamentals of the stock and bond markets? And I think we've been investing in the Federal Reserve. And you can look at that, and if it turns out the Fed can't continue to, to stimulate and artificially hold this up, we can't invest in the Federal Reserve anymore, and we're going to see probably a significant decline. Let's take a break. Um, I'm Alfred Addis, here with Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival, and we'll be back in a moment. Please stay tuned. aspirin mistake. Aspirin was discovered by mistake during World War II and suppresses your immune system and prevents blood clotting. Don't expose your body to risk when you can use a natural inflammation and pain reliever called Extra Strength Pain Relief by Apothecary Herbs. Discover the power this formula has with salicin to enter the system in 60 seconds to work hard and relieve pain for 12 hours. Whether it's arthritis, sports injury, or flu, you can relieve aches, pain, and swelling with our Extra Strength Pain Relief Formula. Call Apothecary Herbs now, toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the three www.thepowerherbs.com. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Hi, folks. I'm Alfred Addis here with Melody Cedarstrom on financial survival. What's next, Melody? Yeah, I mean, you know, you're absolutely correct as far as, you know, how the Federal Reserve has front-run the stock market. And you have these multinational corporations who took advantage of those low rates. They borrowed that, you know, didn't cost them anything to borrow, and they in turn used that money in order right. to buy their, you know, their, their stocks back and to provide dividends. You're going to see these dividends. We've already and look at the oil industry. Mm -hmm. You know, look, look at all that borrowing, all that debt that the the uh, 
the oil industry went into because of the low rates, and now that now they're uh, you know and now they were put in a position where they're going to be defaulting on a lot of that uh, on a lot of that debt. So yeah, in many areas like that, they front run. I mean, we haven't even talked about some of these emerging markets about how you know the uh, rate increase will affect them, and so you know perhaps we don't see <coughs> on the top coding of what the, the, the this uh, move in this quarter point will will make immediately but uh, I do believe there's uh, things that run a little bit deeper and you're going to see changes and it doesn't mean you're going to see these knee-jerk reactions where the stock market drops 300 or 3,000 points because they increased it at a quarter point no um, but I do think it will create a lot more volatility come next year and uh, this is the beginning of it they're changing the status quo you know, the whole world has been based on, you know, the whole world has been based on low rates for so long. Now they can't do it anymore. And so you're going to have to see a whole different change in uh, the way business and markets and manipulation has been done. So it's. Uh, We've seen the markets, the stock markets, for example, over the past several years have been largely supported by corporations that are buying back their own stock. Yeah. And they're buying back their own stock because they're able to borrow money uh-huh. at basically at, at near zero percent. They're able to borrow money at an extremely low uh, interest rate that's and why, use that money to buy their stock. But that's why they have once so much we cash. raise interest rate just a little bit, we can wonder, will the corporations continue to borrow more money to buy back more stock? Well, and the answer is probably at, is at least not as much. And if they don't, that means less demand for stocks. It means less investment in stocks. And this is where the potential danger is, at least so far as I'm able to understand. The, they raise interest rates. We're not going to buy as much stock in this country, at least not on credit. That means the stock market is probably headed downward. All right, Demand is going to diminish. And the only reason, and it also means additional to this, the demand we've seen over the course of the last several years has been largely based not on people looking at fundamentals, oh, the economy's in a state of recovery. It's been on, can the Federal Reserve continue to artificially manipulate the markets and essentially guarantee profits? And if they can't, then it's maybe time to get out. So we'll watch and see. This is going to be, this is going to be interesting, but we're at a teeter point here, kind of, and... Uh, well, you also have all these um, uh, major multinational corporations that are holding all this cash on the sidelines. So it, it, I don't know if the quarter point was enough for them not to borrow. Uh, the rate is a quarter point to to point five zero. So I mean, before what it, is, it, is it was zero evidence. to a quarter, so they could still be getting it out of you know. Oh, I understand they can still be getting it cheap, but they also have to look <laughs> into the future and they have to say, look, how far do we want to go with this? This is but evidence point, that the Federal Reserve is going to tighten lending policies rather than loosen it, which is what they've done over the past seven, eight years. All right, and if this is the beginning of a trend where it's going to become more expensive to borrow, then even though it's not too expensive yet, sensible people are going to sit back and say, "We need to stop buying our stock now. Well, right? we need to stay out of this. We need to look for another policy." And so, blah blah blah. Well, my point was, we have all that cash now. These multinational corporations are holding all that cash on the sidelines. Will they use it? Will they begin funneling it into the markets? And uh, what type of impact? 
will that have? But we well, have one of the things they could do is they could start, instead of buying their own stock, if they have cash on hand, they could actually use it to expand their business rather than to buy back their stock. Which, which is? I, what do you mean, which is? Wouldn't that be a little inflationary? Well, it might be inflationary. It might even be. And it might just, it, it might, might be just, just enough. Economy. It, it might turn out to be a good thing. It might just be enough that the Federal Reserve needed in order to get their projected uh, uh, inflation to two percent. Although I do believe inflation is much higher than two percent, personally. But if you use their figures and where, what their projection is, perhaps uh, by loosening up some of that cash that's sitting there and you know putting it into the into the system, it would uh, push their rate, their inflation rate, closer to 2%. So we got a caller. We got Joe from Arkansas calling. Good afternoon, Joe. Yeah, good afternoon, Melody and Al. I just wanted to say this on what, you're ta- what you all are talking about, and that's that I would think that the reason the Fed can't stimulate the economy anymore is that, okay, if they're going to stimulate the economy by injecting money into the economy, that money has to circulate from hand to hand inside the country. So that people get income, uh, so you know, so that a lot of people uh, get some income from it. And nowadays, uh, money doesn't circulate so much inside the country anymore. I would imagine that most of the time, you know, when somebody gets some money, they go and buy something, and the something they buy is produced in a foreign country, and the money immediately goes out of the country. So it doesn't circulate inside the country to create income for a lot of people. And then another thing would be uh, the taxes are so much higher. Like Obamacare is a huge expense for so many people, for everybody now. And uh, so and taxes in general are so high. The government has got so greedy and the government is so huge. So as soon as the money is injected, you know, people have to pay their Obamacare taxes or some other tax. So the government sucks up that money. And again, it doesn't circulate from hand to hand inside the country to create income for a lot of people. And I suppose if people buy into the stock market, then immediately the company that they buy the stock of takes that money and transfers it to some foreign part of their global operations because that's how all the big companies operate now is globally. And so, again, the money doesn't circulate uh, inside the country. So, I'm at, so I would think that that's why the Fed can't stimulate the economy now, no matter how much money it injects into the, co- into the country, into, into the economy. How could the money, what can we do to make the money stay in this country? Uh, well, we could uh, do what we used to do. And that's have a mostly self-sufficient economy, have tariffs on imports, um, do things to make it more attractive to do business in this country, you know, lowering, uh, lowering taxes and cutting regulations and so on like this. Uh, just create a lot more, lot more self-sufficiency inside the country so that Americans buy and sell from each other rather than doing business so much globally. And I think that would marvelously stimulate the economy. For instance, you know, there's a I lot of I don't know that that people. would be enough. I don't know that that would be enough, Joe. I think part of the reason the money... Insofar as the money has tended to flee this country and go to other other countries, I think the reason it's done so is because our interest rate is artificially low. Imagine that I were a you know a reasonably wealthy man and I had a hundred million dollars to invest. Do I want to invest that hundred million dollars at two and a half three percent here in this country, or would I prefer to invest it at say five or six percent over in a foreign country? When we have zero interest rates, when, the, when they say, oh, we're going to help you, the poor people, by setting the, the interest rate at zero percent, well, that's very nice if you can find any rich people that are willing to lend at that rate. The creditors are going to say, I'm not working for zero. I'm not lending my money out to zero, for zero percent. Are they crazy? I'll move my money out of this country. I'll put it in a foreign country that's paying more interest rates. I think 
the low interest rates have driven money out of the country. I think insofar as they raise interest rates, I think this will be the big effect, is they will begin to attract money back into the country, and that in theory may stimulate the economy and may, uh, who knows where we go from there. But I agree we've had a problem with money fleeing this country. I think what drove it out was low interest rates. It, it fled the United States for countries that made <clears throat> higher interest rates. And uh, as we rebalance that and we say, wait, we're going to raise interest rates in this country, we'll see more money coming in. We may see economic stimulation as a result of raising the interest rates. And if that's true, we have to wonder what has the government been doing for the past six or eight years with a zero interest rate policy? Are they just too dumb to understand that low interest rates drives currency out of the economy? Or have they been doing it intentionally? So, oh, we're here to help the poor people. It'll be cheaper for you to borrow money, except there won't be any money, money, money to buy, to be, to be borrowed. Um, are they with us or against us, Joe? Do you have any idea? Uh, well, as far as what you're saying, um, I don't know the exact numbers, and that might be <clears> part of it. But it seems to me that the economy is basically people buying and selling the needs of daily life from each other. <clears throat> And that's that's always the biggest part of the economy, and you know. Yeah, but here's one thing: that that's, need to that's a that's a positive, that's a proper philosophy. If we have an asset-based currency and we are paying cash, if I come to your store and I buy a hammer and a chisel and some cement in order to make some repairs around the house, all right, I'm buying, you're selling. But what happens if I come with a credit card? All right. I'm making a purchase, but what I'm really doing is maybe borrowing some money in the first place and then paying it back in 30 days. We're not simply buying and selling. We're borrowing and, in theory, repaying before we can buy and sell. I don't know if that makes much difference or if you see what I'm, trying, what I'm, what I'm groping at right now, but buying and selling cash, fine. Buying and selling credit? first order of business before any buying and selling takes place there's borrowing all right and if you can't borrow insofar as borrowing is restricted inhibited i don't mean that it's ended but in theory it has to mean less buying and selling so my point is that maybe borrowing plays a bigger role than buying and selling if you catch my drift well um, if people are earning then they don't need so much to borrow uh, if, All right. If, well, if, there, there's if a, the there's money was circulating difference. inside the country more, so that people were earning more money, so that you know so much money wasn't uh, being sucked out of the country or being sucked out by government, then people would be earning more, and they wouldn't need so much to borrow to buy things. But mm -hmm. uh, the main thing that the borrowing seems to me it would do is it would keep the debt you know, keep the debt growing continuously. You know, if people are always going into debt to buy yeah. things, the debt's going to keep growing and growing and growing, and that's going to drive up the price of everything. And you know, and and people are going to be able, and people aren't going to be able to buy so much eventually because you know servicing the debt is going to take consume a bigger and bigger portion of their income. Uh, well, so I can, see, I can see how borrowing, you know, yeah, yeah, go ahead. It's part of the insanity of a debt-based monetary system. The fundamental form of wealth in this country is debt, which is insane. It's crazy. All right, we are using debt as an asset. Uh, the, the primary the primary debt form, the most exalted debt form in this debt-based monetary system, are the bonds issued by the federal government. 
And if you look at that and you say, look, they've got, they admit to having $19 trillion in national debt, and the national debt could be over $200 trillion, according to some sources, they can't pay it back. And the whole system is based on the idea that the U.S. Treasury bonds are the safest investment in the whole world, and they have taken, supplanted the, position, the place of gold. I say, oh, there's nothing safer than a U.S. Treasury bond. Wait a second. How much do they owe? And how are they ever going to pay this back? And if they can't pay it back, it means the bonds are not the least risky investment in the world, and they're nothing but debt instruments in the first place. I mean, this whole system is, is built on insanity and sand. Right? It's yeah, a house card built on a foundation of insanity is- that's located... <laughs> In the sand on a tidal flat. <clears throat> you yeah. got to sit back and say, this isn't going to work forever. Yeah, I, can see that, I can see that this debt-based money system is destructive, but even if we did have gold and silver money, if the government deliberately enacted policies you know, to discourage people from producing anything in this country and to make it so that we pretty much had to buy everything from, from foreign countries, then the money would still flow out of the country. We'd still have a very depressed economy in this country, and I think that actually okay. happened in the late uh, 1700s. You know, and we had gold and silver money. What they done to inhibit production in this country? One of the things is in the last decade, 15 years thereabouts, they've moved American industries and jobs into foreign countries. How can we produce without the tools? You know, I mean, the government has stripped us of the tools we need for production, and so it can't be a surprise that we are nowhere near as productive as we were. Now what? How do we work our way out of this? Not just because we're not producing. It's one thing to be lazy. It's one thing to be stupid. But when you don't have the tools needed to produce, now you can't produce even if you get smart. Not easily, at least. It'll be a while before we get back on track. We're out of time, Joe. I want to thank you for your call. We will be back tomorrow on the Bible. I want to thank everyone for listening. Melody and I, uh, again, will be back tomorrow. I hope you'll tune in then. In the meantime, the good Lord bless you, me, Melody, Frank, the producer, and Joe. Bye. I work all night, I work all day to pay the bills I have to pay. Ain't it sad? Still, there never seems to be a single penny left for me. That's too bad. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. 
some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. AVR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Ancient prophetic texts warn us that in the last days there will be wars and rumors of war, famines, pestilence, earthquakes in many places, and troublesome times, men fainting from fear from what is coming upon the earth. Even though these words were penned almost 2,000 years ago, we can readily see that this dire warning is applicable in the days in which we are living in now. Days of Chaos, a new book by L.A. Marzulli, exposes what is happening in the Middle East, the Fukushima disaster, the mysterious animal and fish die-off, the rise of the 8.0 and greater earthquake, the coming one world government, the collapse of the U.S. dollar, UFO activity, and so much more. Days of Chaos has the information you need in these troublesome times. Don't be afraid of these events. Come to an understanding of why they are happening as they were prophesied long ago. These are the Days of Chaos. Go to www.lamarzuli.net www.lamarzuli.net These are the Days of Chaos. Food prices going up, homes being foreclosed, unemployment insurance running out, jobs leaving the country. Many people cannot afford to eat or keep a roof over their head. Too many can do neither. Messiah's Branch has a mission church in Wichita, Kansas that helps the victims of this banker's economy, the American people, your neighbors. The mission is the last hope for so many Americans. We need your help to lift up the poorest of the poor. These are men, women, and children who once had homes, now in the street. They all need what you need. First aid, beds, food, clothing, and so on. You can send a monetary gift or a box of necessities to 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 66851. Or donate online by going to wichitahomeless.com. Or simply call 316-619-4886. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.